0: Blog Talk Radio
1: It's that time
2: We have the people This is Eric and i This is Priscilla Lima This is Casey Patterson The story in real time We're a much better team now than we were then I'm not looking at just this season. I'm looking at the next four
3: years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Rouché. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now.
4: I feel like we shouldn't have had a boom today. We should have had maybe a... Um. Should have had uh,
3: uh, a sun squirrel effect. Maybe sun a squirrel.
4: maybe a a, ye- a yes, yes, okay. Oh, victory finally, something like that. Welcome to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, we took a week off, and you know what happens when we take a week off, Jeremy Roche? Things happen. Man, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, this is going to be a good show. You're glad you've tuned in via iTunes or live on Blog Talk Radio? Thanks for being here, Kevin and Jeremy holding down the home court, and wishing Katie was here. We will have a couple of discussions that I I wish she was here to chime in on. Maybe she'll listen live in in between her phone interviews, and maybe she'll call in at the pertinent moments when we talk about body types and also destiny hooker drama, because we left that one on the table from the last show. I think they call that a tease. (laughs) Yeah, a two-week tease. (laughs) Yeah. They call that blue balls. Anyways, AVP St. Pete. Yep, happened. Yep, Jeremy just back. Literally. Uh, Yeah, like early this morning and now here. So kudos to you, Jeremy, for showing up for the show. You're welcome. World League Bulgaria happened. Now, this is going to be a weekend ago, not this past weekend. It actually aired this last weekend, and those who have listened to this program or are aware of how I do my job, we don't get to travel, the announcers, to Bulgaria or to Russia or to Serbia. We do the matches on the following Wednesday, Which means, people, I don't watch the match when you're all watching it on Friday and Saturday because I don't want to know. I do see the scores, but I don't want to know. So the first time I saw it was last Wednesday, and it aired this past weekend. Hope you had a chance to check it out. We will talk a bit about those two matches. A good start for the Americans with some tragic results. We will talk about Destiny. The VolBQ and Russia Sold out BBQ, by the way. Sold out. Kudos.
3: Almost 100% kudos. Because you people literally waited till the last minute to buy their tickets. And some people, I don't want to name any names, Corey Glaive, waited till after the last minute <laughs> and didn't have his tickets. And even admitted that maybe I shouldn't wait till the
4: last minute. I paid for tickets. Yeah. They got money for my wife and my two kids. Nice. I, I'm pretty sure I can get in. Uh, if not, I will talk my way in. But it is, uh, it's about to get real. 400 plus people going to show up for the VolBQ. And, and I'm still waiting for the 400 poster, the ripoff of the 300 poster. Nice. Gardhoff, you're on notice, buddy. Because <laughs> Matt, Matt's not busy doing anything. He doesn't things. have enough yeah. to do. I want Come the on, 400 Matt. poster. No, you're just sitting
3: there doing nothing.
4: All right, we'll talk about national team guys. Reed, his situation. Clay, his situation. We're hoping to have Matt Furbringer coming up here in just a bit. We're hoping to have him in. And we'll have Jay Hosick. Jay Hasek will check in. Jay is saying he's having trouble getting on the the show right now, but Jay will check in. He will call in and talk about the PVL at the Phoenix Nationals, which was a good one. And and by the way, for those out there who see me in public, will come up to me at the Barbecue or perhaps at the Pyramid when I'm there for the broadcast. If you're going to come up and talk to me, so you're not Alan Knight, but somebody else who's going to come up and talk to me and say something – Please address me with my proper title. You will call me either HOF or the Hall of Famer Kevin Barnett. Mr. Hall of Famer wow. would be fine. Wow. <laughs> wow. That would be fine. Mr. Hall of Famer. Yes? Can I help you? We'd like an audience. Of, of, of course. Like
3: if somebody's like, hey, Kevin, you're just going to blatantly ignore them. Yeah. It's, I, but I if no longer like, respond. Hey, Hall of Famer Kevin Barnett. You would be like, hey, bro.
4: Hey. Good to see you. You an autograph? Yes. Very interesting. I went into my Junior College Hall of Fame. Yeah. Sports Hall of Fame. Congratulations. L.A. Pierce Junior College. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, audience. The audience is excited. Super thrilled. They addressed me properly, so I I will address them. Thank you, audience. Other members of the Hall of Fame. Actually, somebody going in with me this past week, Bob Samuelson. Nice. Long-time member of the USA men's national team. Bronze medalist. Oh, great. Bronze medalist in 1992, as my desk falls apart. <laughs> this a longer screw. Who puts a tiny little screw in there like that? That's ridiculous. Did you really just break
3: that as the show's happening? It came right off. Huh. It's high quality. though. That's heavy. Maybe you should put me back in the director's seat.
4: Um, Bob Stanlesson in. Yep. Eric Kramer already in. Quarterback for the infamous Detroit Lions, I believe, 0 16, but also the Chicago Bears and so on. Longtime NFL QB. Okay. Yep. Denny Crum, mm-hmm. famous basketball coach, Louisville. Louisville. Other volleyball members: Marv Dunphy is in there. Dave Smith played on the AVP and on the beach for a long time. Yep. He got inducted with his 1992 state championship team. Awesome. Uh, some other some other fun stuff: some basketball people and others that have attended Pierce College, a, a far-reaching. Sports college, actually, Apparently. or a junior college. I cannot think of another junior college that can name three volleyball Olympians as alumni. Mary Perry, also a famous volleyball player, Pierce Junior College, years ago. But three volleyball Olympic athletes, including a bronze medalist and a gold medalist, neither of whom are named Barnett, <laughs> Riley Salmon, yep. Pierce alum, mm-hmm. Bob Samuelson, Pierce alum.
3: Well, first of all, it's going to be hard to pick a junior college that has three volleyball players, professional, then add three Olympians on top of that.
4: Uh, Orange Coast. Orange Coast, You'd be surprised Uh, at the number of guys uh, that have gone through junior college, but a lot of them go to the beach. Orange Coast is going to claim Brian Lewis at least. Yeah. And there's a few others whose names I can't think of offhand, but I know other very good players have gone there. But Olympians. Yeah. Is a different discussion. Yeah. I don't think you can find another junior college with three Olympians in the sport of volleyball. It's impressive. Pretty cool. But even coming to the
3: junior... I thought more... Well, obviously, I thought more would go to the four-year college right away as opposed to the junior college.
4: Most would. Yeah. And that's why it's unusual. Yeah, yeah, of course. Here's the thing. Love the event. Yeah. Thank you, Bob Lafrano, for putting it on. Did you have to host it? Did you induct yourself? Uh, I did not. Okay. Here's the thing. They had a band... There's a social hour, yep. a dinner hour, yep. then induction started at 7 o'clock. Okay. All right. mm-hmm. I got there about 5.30, 5.45, just before dinner. Mm-hmm. I missed the social hour because I was at work doing Bulgaria. Okay. Came across the valley in my Blue Flame jet car and arrived. It was in the Hills Country Club. Lovely setting. The band, they were taking on late 60s, early 70s. Any song that was really hard to sing... I don't think they were quite up to the task to be kind.
3: Let me ask you this question. What was the crowd? Did they think that was the crowd they were getting, so that's the kind of music they needed to play?
4: I have no problem with the music selection itself. I have a problem with the quality of singing and also the fact they played it super-duper loud so you could not talk through all of dinner.
3: That's the hard part. Dinner time. Turn it off. Yeah, it's got to be background.
4: Turn it off. Have it be some low it's gotta classical be, or something. it background. Anything that we can hear so we can speak to each other. At a table of ten, I couldn't talk to anybody. I just shout at them. That's not cool. But it gets better. Oh, great. Induction starts 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm first. Okay, Alphabetical so. BA. No, whatever. So I'm first. Uh-huh. Marv Dunphy comes up, spends three minutes. He's also an alum. Spends three minutes talking. Introduce me. Yep. I come up, yep. I spend maybe three minutes. Did the band start playing to get you up? <laughs> yeah, they should. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been a factor here in the story I'm about to tell because I took three minutes. Thanks very much to my coaches. Without them, I wouldn't be here. I was lucky. This, that. Forgot to tell the story I wanted to tell. That is that I've never played a home match at L.A. Pierce Junior College ever. What? The gym was wrecked. Oh. So I was going to say, January 17, 1994, what does that mean to you? Yeah. The earthquake. Well, the gyms were condemned. I played all of my practice time and matches at Pepperdine, LA Valley College, and Taft High School. So you Never be- played at Pierce, but I'm in the hall of fame. That
3: is a that's um, a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire question.
4: Yeah, yeah. If we were the NFL, yeah. We used to practice starting at 5:30. Starting. Yes. On the floor, shoes on, lined up, ready to go to spike balls at 5.30. Let's do this. till 7, because that was the only gym time we could get because yeah. people use their gyms, except during that time. Yeah. Anyway, forgot to tell my story. But it all went fine. Nobody knows what I forgot to tell it but me. Go off, sit down. It is now 7.06. What time do you suppose the inductions ended? There are 11 people going in. There are 10 remaining. It is now 7.06.
3: Better have been done by 9 (laughs)
5: p.m.
4: That would have been nice. Uh, After 10. Just shy of 11. 11! Jeremy, That's, that's too long. They had a football coach. They had four people come up and speak about him before him. No, not cool. They had a basketball guy. I sent my entire table home except for my buddy Jeremy Wilson, who was kind enough to show up. He and I hung on. I, sent, I walked them out to the parking lot just to get out of the building. I walked my family out, my uncle, my mom. I sent them in the car. They head for home. I walk back in. The, ne- the person who just started, as I walk into the building, he is the introducing the next guy. Those two do not finish before my family has driven from Woodland Hills to Redondo Beach and in the house here. Wow. And let's get people that drive without traffic, without
3: 40, 45 minutes. Correct. Without traffic. Doing 70 to 80.
4: Introduction. 20 plus minutes. The guy comes up and talks for 25 minutes. He starts in about his turbo diesel Mercedes Benz. (laughs) Are you kidding me? The next guy comes up. Love the next guy. Legend at Pierce. Yeah. Legend in the junior college system. He was there when I was there. Been there forever. (laughs) Water polo coach. Great guy. Yeah. He comes up. He has props. No, not cool. Now I'm watching Carrot Top. Sweet. He has a whole bag of props. He pulls them out. He tells his entire life story. He takes 25 minutes on his own. This is another guy
3: before the person who's being inducted is even up there. No,
4: he was the person being inducted. The guy oh, okay. introducing him took 10 minutes. Oh, okay. That's 35 minutes for yeah, him. Yeah. I felt like after an hour of this, plus, hour and a half, hour 45, yeah. keep in mind, that's only just before 9. I have a whole other hour to go. I saying, right. How many people are after this guy? That was, they, the, that was the middle. Just before 11. Yeah.
6: Think about that.
4: No, Almost I'm, four hours. I'm upset just thinking about it. I felt like I was gypped. I forgot to tell my story. I forgot to tell about the time in seventh grade when I I fell off a scooter and skinned my knee. I forgot to talk about the time I was walking along the train tracks in Naperville. I forgot to talk about summers at Centennial Beach. All things that had nothing to do. Yeah. I I forgot to talk about RC car racing in Colorado. I'm not... I left so many things on the table. Yeah. I felt like I needed to go back up. Hold on, everybody. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let me Kanye this. I'm going to let you finish. But first. That was awesome. And and tell my story, because I did not get my allotted time. I am still due 22 minutes of speaking.
3: Well, I can put the headset down, and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear 22 minutes of your Hall of Fame speech. Good Lord. Good Lord. It, just, it Here, was Here's amazing. the thing. If it was just that coach's induction, then sure, you could have nine people come up and talk about you. Sure. But it's not. No. One person introduces you, then you come up and say thanks, keep it under five minutes, especially when there's 36 other people after you, and you keep it moving.
4: Thank you to L.A. Pierce Junior College for putting me in the Hall of Fame. There Great you. honor for me. But we've got to clean up the—
3: They are now taking your stuff down because we are looking for the show,
4: and they're very upset with you. I love you guys. I love the ceremony. I love that they're doing it. I think it's a fantastic thing for the university. They've raised the level. Who inducted you? Marv Dunphy introduced me. No, that's right. Sorry. sorry. I wanted to have Ken Stanley. Yeah. I should have insisted because they said, well, Ken's going to come up later and introduce. They were inducting the 92 team. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Why don't we have Marv do it, who is also a Pierce alum and, my, of course, my college coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have insisted that Big Daddy do it. Because it was my have, fault. wouldn't have mattered if he was up there twice. No, it wouldn't. And it's my fault for not insisting. So, uh, Big Daddy, I owe you one. But he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I care. I, I wanted him up there. And I, I also like having Marv up there, but I had not seen Big Daddy in 15 years. Texas Traw has a
3: great question on the chat board. Were any of those football weenies Olympians?
4: Any of the, <laughs> any of the other
3: people Were any of them? Uh,
4: no Olympians. No Olympians present. <laughs> so You got screwed on that. So, yeah, a, a big case for the giant television with the countdown clock and then blinking red in your face oh, that yeah. we have at a lot of live events. Shining so, you with spotlights from the back row and stuff. Yeah, that should be the case. Uh, also, I am 40. We mentioned it briefly about my 40, 40th birthday party. Thank you to the TNL crew for not showing up. Um, that includes uh, Geeter. Um, Thanks. Do you uh, want Reed, to say why I couldn't be Katie, there? Or? You, you probably have the best excuse of the bunch, although Reed was actually playing, so maybe he wins. Wasn't he in another country? Uh, He was in Colorado. That's actually... Yeah, so...
3: Hold on. Hold on a second. Let's just back up a little bit and explain why Jeremy wasn't there.
4: (laughs) You're at your brother's wedding. Thank you. You were trying to get back into the church, the tabernacle. You had on the magic underwear. Yep. And you were trying to come in for the ceremony. You can't even go to the ceremony. I could not go to the ceremony. We talked about this, I think. Yeah. Two weeks ago. but. But thanks to my friends, we... We had a strong party. Are there big spoon photos? That's what I keep... There were a couple. For. Why? There weren't a lot of photos. Like, we forgot to take photos forever. We just had fun. You know, Jeremy was like, what the yeah, those no, things? i Totally with you. You're just having fun. Not taking photos. Chris Marlowe showed up. Nice. Fantastic. Nice. Love Chris Marlowe. Saw him this weekend. And, and I was really happy to have him there. Jim Hawley, my broadcast partner from Supercross, showed up. He was awesome. Lots of my other good friends. Former teammates. Phil Atherton present. Nice. With his lovely wife. Uh, it, it, was, it was fun. We had a nice... Party for oh five hours or so. Great slideshow my wife had prepared that I had no clue about. Uh, lots of was the, lots of cross dressing and naked photos. I don't remember <laughs> all of these being. I, when you add them up, there are quite a few.
3: Was the photo of you and the badger from? Uh, yes, yes. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Fine work. See, I was there. Fine work. Yeah, I wasn't there. Definitely.
4: You were there. Yeah. Fine work, Suck Mr. O'Shea. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was awesome. And then it ended with a flurry of naked photos. Well, I took off all my 6'8 stuff that I was wearing, 6'8 clothing company.com. I was wearing 6'8 shirt, 6'8 yep. undershirt, 6'8 jeans, of course. Makes you look good. I was wearing free gun underwear. I don't know what that means. You will soon. <laughs> and at about 12, my buddy Shane, who was MCing the thing, he jumped in nearly fully clothed to the pool. Nice. I decided I'm going to strip down to my patriotic free gun underwear with the Statue of Liberty on it. Let me not ruin my 6A
3: clothing. Good call. Yep. yep. I jumped
4: in. Yeah. I also didn't want to ruin my phone. By
3: jumping in. Cannonball or like a dive or just kind I of I think like... I dove.
4: Okay. I can't exactly remember. Okay. So then our core friends, this is about 15 people or so, 12 people, jumping in in varying states of complete dress with shoes, mm-hmm. in most cases, mm-hmm. for the ladies, to probably underwear for guys. Some jeans that then came off. And then we're in the jacuzzi, overflowing the jacuzzi. We're we're in the pool from twelve to two. A fantastic finish to a fortieth birthday party.
3: That's great. So yeah. happy for you.
4: Thank you. Sorry you missed it. Does it feel different? No. Yeah, it really doesn't, right? No. But I'm glad we had a party. Yeah. That was fun. Thank you to my lovely wife for putting on said party. She did do a lot. That was it was awesome. All right. Reed's gonna be calling in. Is he there? He is. Let's uh let's talk to Reed because for those that are active on social media, you knew ahead of time. For those that watched the match, knew immediately. You saw the moment. Did you see it?
3: I did not, but I got text messages not long afterwards. Did, have
4: you seen it? Yeah, I saw it. And let's just bring him in, okay? Reed Pretty, gold medalist, co-owner of this program, Mr. Pretty.
6: How you doing, guys?
4: Good to hear from you, although not under these circumstances. For those that don't already know, those not in the know, tell them what happened.
6: Well, I uh, I just landed funny. Um, it was The match was almost over uh, the second night in Bulgaria, and I was in the transition play. There was a lot of back and forth on my side of the net, and uh, I got set in transition, and I hit it in the block and then covered it subsequently. And as I did that, I just – I normally land on my left foot. And if, if uh, I was going to land on not my left foot, it would be both feet. But this seemed to come down on my right foot, and I also was trying to, like, twist to move on with the rest of the play.
0: Because you got involved.
6: I'm sorry?
4: Because the ball was coming back on you, unfortunately.
6: Right, right. So I, I played it, I think, with my – uh, with my hand and then my foot just stuck. And, um, I start, you know, I was trying to move and, um, the floor was unusually sticky and, uh, so much so that the first day that we were there, um, you know, we were all just commenting. Like I, I dove for a ball on my chest and it was so sticky that it grabbed my shirt and sort of wrung my neck and gave me yeah. like some, so it's funny cause we'll always complain when it's, uh, not sticky enough but this was very tacky floor and so you know the sensation i had was just that i came down and my foot and and shin lower leg just stayed in place and the rest was turning and obviously um you know it was just immediate pain i didn't feel any any popping any breaking just uh it just felt like a uh just a really bad sprain and that's what we were hoping for but uh, it turns out that there was some breaking that took place and I'm going to need to have it surgically repaired here and, and start, uh, rehabbing this thing back to health.
4: All right. So what actually blew and how long are you out? When, when are you on the rehab trail here?
6: I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm at the uh, rehab. I'm at the AC right now. We're, we're halfway through. I've been here for a couple hours and we're we're already trying to get after it, get the swelling down. The The 24-hour plane flight, six hours after it happened, um, did me bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
6: it uh, just ballooned up. And so we're just trying to get as much range of motion and swelling down as possible before the surgery. And then, um, you know, uh, with these sorts of injuries, you know, it can be anywhere from, you know, six months or more. Some people have beat it. But, uh, in my mind, uh, my priority, as I said uh, online is is real, and so that's, that's what I care about competitively more than anything and um, And so I, I don't see any reason why I need to be great in December, and so I'm going to do it whatever I can to get ready and, um, and basically just be hopefully 100 percent Lord willing. Uh, by the beginning of the national team season next year, that's that's sort of where my mind's at.
4: All right, so we're looking at 12 months till we see Reed Pretty again, most likely on a floor at full speed in a USA uniform.
6: I'm, I'm sorry, say that again.
4: We're looking at 12 months till we see you at 100% in a USA uniform. That's kind of the the expectation right now as you head for surgery this week.
6: Right, yeah. I mean, everybody, everything, uh, the stuff they can do now is pretty amazing. You know, just educating myself on the situation. You know, you've got examples like the Adrian Petersons, which are very few, but um, guys like that who have uh, rebounded uh, at a higher level, you know, pretty fast. And so um, the way I see it, though, is if I'm ready by November or December, that doesn't really get me where I want to go which is in Rio and so uh, the last thing I would want to do is hop on a plane and go play somewhere professionally put things at risk early so I'm just taking the long view and i um, going to make sure my my whole body is ready not just that knee structure but you know any atrophying any imbalances uh, I'm going to take the opportunity to really fine-tune um, my body and try to just come back and uh, be ready to go.
4: Yeah, well, don't come back too soon. I made that mistake pushing forward, and it cost me on the backside. Uh, Reed, you haven't said exactly what the injury is. Do you want to hold on to that, or are you going to tell people you've kind of alluded to it with some of your references here to AP and so on?
6: Yeah, it's an ACL. I'm going to need uh, to get a new one of those guys. (laughs) So.
4: uh, Think about Costco. (laughs) Yeah, you get a better deal there. You actually get two, though. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. You have to buy a pack of two. You're like, what do I do with this extra one? even you just give it in the just fridge? give it to somebody? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Free- <laughs> in the
0: freezer.
3: Well, Reid, what's the, uh, the pre-surgery rehab stuff? That you, I, mean, I know you say you have to get the swelling down, but what's the stuff they have you doing prior to surgery?
6: Uh, it's pretty similar, I think, to what's going to happen afterwards. We're just trying to get range of motion back. You know, my because of the swelling, my quad-like, my brain has told my quad to stop working. Um, and so we're trying to, you know, activate the quad and, and get my leg fully um, straight and be able to bend it better. And there's just so much fluid in the joint from that, that flight that I um, probably, it probably won't totally go away. But I'm doing, you know, the leg raises, the calf, you know. Uh, I'm very, very hypersensitive to the fact that, okay, my knee is... It happens to be the injured portion of my body right now, but that's pretty easily repairable, and they do it all the time with professional athletes. Uh, but the rest of your body is now operating differently to compensate yeah. for that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot about just trying to get um, everything else, uh, the, the hamstrings, the calves, the Achilles, you know, just, just take care of those things too. Uh, just to keep the body in balance. And uh, I'll probably uh, start today with uh, getting back on the core and weights, uh, upper body. And um, I've already been working on my short game. You know, I can't let that fall off. So I might not be able to golf for a long time, but um, I'm going to become the best putter, the best volleyball player putter you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent.
4: (laughs) Hey, so – so, just to be clear, one Guido-sized Reed Pretty coming up. Shoulders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
6: I, uh, it's funny traps. because that's oh, how Clay play. was last year. He was just totally diesel. Um, I plan to be a very, very fit human being um, in this next year. And uh, it's really interesting, too, because as I, as I sort of projected towards Rio before this ever even happened, um, you know my mind was sort of uh, that was sort of on my, my mind just like you know what I, I want to everybody is telling me about you know my age and, and all this stuff I mean we were in Colorado Springs for that, that week and the first day four people that knew me from when I was there in between 2000 2004 well intentioned friends uh, were like hey who are you coaching mm-hmm. Um And so that was kind of funny. So, but already I just felt like, man, there's more on the tank, uh, for me from a volleyball standpoint. And, and, uh, I just believe that the body is so much more resilient than we make it out to be. And so, um, I, as as much reading on the internet as I've done about the people who have had the surgery that I'm going to have and have bounced back and actually been better seem to be the people that really crush it in rehab. And I, I, From my own experience, the times that I've had the opportunity to really get after it uh, physically and train um, and not just try to stay in one piece on the court, but to really make that a priority, then my game has – the game just is is so much easier. I mean, the game just happens. You have the skill set, and now you have this mentality and mindset that nothing can get you down. No no fatigue, no soreness, uh, no length of game, and – you know, when I look at especially a guy like A.P., I really believe that, that when he came back, football was the easiest part of the whole thing, that he had trained in such a way that he was—he uh, felt um, that nobody could stop him. And so I plan to make that my full-time job in the next 12 months and just uh, see where it takes me. And, you know, there's a lot of uncontrollables, and uh, I've been so thankful for the career and opportunities that I've had that this is just an occupational hazard. It's part of the deal and uh, you just take it as it comes and, and uh, just do what you can. Yeah.
4: Well, all right, reader, we're going to wish you the best of recovery, something similar to Peyton Manning, Drew Brees or Adrian Peterson, not something similar to Andrew Bynum and some of the others who have failed to come back from injuries and really produce and get back to the level they were previously at. If anybody can do it, you can do it, and we we'll also look forward to having you here on the show because uh, it doesn't take an ACL, a healthy ACL, to do this program.
6: Correct. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> there's lots of silver lining in every situation. That being one of them. Keep All right. To hang out with you guys.
4: Good luck. We'll see you here soon.
6: Thanks. Talk to. All
4: see right. You, Reed. Reed Pretty checking in. Uh, ACL has him out. Clay Stanley also having surgery recently. He is out uh, in. In, for this season, anyway. Oh, really? What did he have surgery on? Uh, him him. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can clarify that okay. without Clay's permission. I don't want to give out information uh, related to that. but Some cleanup. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an issue that will keep Clay out for a little while. And in my opinion, for Clay, knowing what he's had done, my own experience, I hope he stays out the entire national team season for, again, the long view. Well, just kind of like what Reed was saying.
3: There's no need to be back in December.
4: Right. No. Right. So uh, I would be surprised to see Clay by world championships, especially since that event used to be in November is now in September. Yeah. I, I hope we don't see him. I hope he's on a strong and I, and I know he has good people around yeah, him now. Something that I lacked at the time. I did not have someone paying attention to me and my plight trying to salvage my career. It was, Oh, we'll do this, do that. And then I was off on my own essentially.
3: Well, and then as an athlete too, you're like, I've, you know, you may feel physically fine when you get back out there, but not everything is working correctly. As an athlete, you know how to play. You don't know how to
4: be hurt. Correct. And you have to learn how to deal with that. Reed will surround himself with the right people, and I know Clay is surrounded with the right people.
3: Am I the healthiest person on the show right now? I don't know, I'm pretty good right now. Yeah, but both of your, you can't jump. Well, I can't really play. I can jump off one leg.
4: <laughs> Congratulations on being the healthiest. One, one yeah. good leg. Yeah. Katie's had multiple surgeries. Reed's injured hey. right now. You can't jump. It doesn't come without a cost. No doubt. We're going to take a break here on the Net Live, but first we want Five to make sure surgery. that you okay. visit. want we'll to make Sorry, sure you visit our sponsors. 6'8 Clothing Company has come on board with us, and they are for the tall and athletic man. They are for the tall and athletic man that you know. Child, I don't know how many children. Man boy. Man boy. Whomever you know that is about 6'6 or above, that is looking for a large, extra tall, an extra large, extra tall, an athletic fit to their clothing, well... They have you covered over there at six eight. They make jeans longer. They make things better. How about the size of a pocket? Big people, tall people, large hands. Never thought about that. Wide pockets are very nice when you're trying to get your keys out in a life-and-death situation in a parking lot. You're running, sprinting, and you cannot get your keys out. You don't have to call 911 for assistance anymore. It's just one way that 6'8 is made differently. Dress well, live tall, 6'8 clothing company. Available at... 6-8-clothing-company.com, is the number 8, or also on Amazon.com, and put in TNL10, and It'll gets you a little discount there. Thanks to 6-8 for coming on board with us. We're going to be right back. We'll have Jay Hasek on the other side. He'll talk about PVL, maybe, just maybe, maybe, the beginnings, the seed from which will sprout professional volleyball in the United States on the indoor side of the game. We will see. Jay Hasek next here on The Net Live. Ah Welcome back to the net live here on Volleyball Magazine. Thanks to Volleyball Magazine for their support of this show, as well as the AVCA for their support over the years, and Six Eight Clothing Company for stepping up. Be sure and give them a visit for the tall man in your life, uh, Jeremy. Yep. Tom Cruise has has a new movie coming out. Looks pretty interesting. Emily Blunt, I believe, is playing opposite of him. And Groundhog Day two. War, yeah. War of the Worlds. War. War. Groundhog Day. Yeah exactly what that is. Uh, it looks interesting. They've got my money already. I will go see it. Yeah. Of course, I went to see Oblivion, and that was sketchy at best. You know, but... I... It was okay. I was entertained. It had some holes. I was entertained. That's all. Right. That's, yeah. Well, it's like Terminator 3. I always bring this. This is my favorite example. Okay. What do you want? You want some cool-looking Terminators yeah. and some stuff blown up. Yeah. They're not going to get an Oscar. No. No. Yeah. No. It's not 12 Years a Slave. It's not 12 Years of Terminator. It's just not <laughs> what's happening. It is Terminator Three, okay. So know what you're getting into. It's a summer blockbuster. Oh man! But Tom Cruise, as my wife noticed, does he ever age? No, and he's fifty. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he's still in risky business.
3: Yeah, him and Nicole are BFFs. Then last night, what? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Nicole's boss did the music for uh, Rock of Ages. Uh huh. And so Nicole, uh, you know, huh. was helping out on that project, and oh. I was sitting next to her. And, she got a phone call. I, feel, I don't know if I said next or not. Just Tom Cruise. Like She's like, hey, he's like, "Hey, Nicole, it's Tom. I'm calling to talk to her boss. They're just first name basis. Yeah. Yep. Good for
4: her. Yeah. Is she in the church yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have all kind of ties to oh, the Polish church. I
3: have. I'm
4: all religious. You are cultish. triangulated. Yes. They have you in their sights. Yeah. We will get that Mohawk guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, last night, Game of Thrones. Don't. Hold on. Give anything away? Okay, I won't give anything away. I will fight you right now. Let's just say, and and this could be true of any episode. Well, it's all like, oh, last night it's gnarly. Shocking, blah 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 blah. I can't unsee it. That's my problem right now. Oh, my no. wife didn't look unsee it. It was gnarly, but that can be said of any episode, really. Correct. And lots of crazy moments like that. So, Let, can
3: I? How do I ask this question? I've, all I'm waiting for now is the dragons to wreck shop. That's all I want is them just to start wrecking shop. And we're not there yet. Already, there are
4: some very good plot movement, I, plot sections of this. There are some good. Yeah, things that's happening. great. No, I need things to start happening. Happens, i need somebody
3: to say something to me, and I go. You don't know have over here a dragon. <laughs> you did. and then tell the <laughs> dragon you want handle handle this. That's all I want right now. <laughs> I don't.
4: I don't think you can talk that many words to a dragon. It's more like kill or whatever Khaleesi said when she sent him, on, or sent them Whatever on the Masters. Made up, the masters didn't think yeah, that they whatever were whatever made-up language the writers came up with. Yeah. They did a good job with that, legit- by the way. They came up with a new language. It's, it's legit, and it's not like freaking Klingon, and I don't want to... There better not be a class in it. I don't want need a class in oh, on. happening, but... Anyways, yeah. Game. what were we talking about, Game of Thrones? Uh, it's... When are you going to watch it? Sometime well, Where today. are you? Are you caught up to this episode? I, then? Yeah, I just need to see this episode. Okay. You, you know you have get HBO Go if you have HBO. Um, you I have been that? on the Go. It's on your iPad, buddy. Yeah. Bro, it aired last night.
3: I know. I got home at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> I was sleeping on the What's plane. What's the difference
4: between 1.30 and 2.30? I, I was mean, sleeping on the plane. Except that you would know what happened. Because <laughs> I had to be here. That's why I went. <laughs> to drive away. All right. We'll talk about it next week. It was uh, It was something else. All right, uh, let's bring in Jay if he's there. Yeah, let's probably listen to his banter. You know this guy because we talk to him uh, pretty much year round, and, and I like that. <laughs> we we see lots of pictures of food, and we see we hear a lot about his man cave existence out there at Penn State. I thought you were getting like a video game. <sighs> okay. game Last like time, that. yeah, we were supposed to get like a TNL video game. Yeah, if we ever get a studio, so he's on the no. hook for that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, next to never. Like five years, Jay. But last time we talked to Jay, he and I were having a, a, an argument about Lewis, which has come up again now that there's been some protesting about the uh, criteria for qualifying teams. I still hate Jay, and he hates me. But we, we've agreed to get along. <laughs> he just coached the PVL team down in Phoenix. Jay Hosick, welcome back to The Net Live.
2: Gentlemen, you know, before we get started, if we have any more discussions about Game of Thrones, I want to see if there's any hidden footage of you two LARPing out in the background in your new backyard.
0: <laughs> what is LARP?
2: I don't know
3: what that word means, but
2: I had no Live Live action role-playing. You guys would oh. be throwing beanbags at each other going, Lightning Bolt! Lightning Bolt!
4: <laughs> Hold on, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for bringing that. I have a fantastic LARPing story. No. We go to go camping in Colorado. Sorry, Jeremy. I didn't know that this was going to lead
2: into a true
5: story.
4: I Reese when he was maybe two, first effort to go camping with the kid. I'm going to go get some water. You want anything? You'll like this. While I'm in your kitchen. (laughs) We go to a campground in the mountains outside Colorado Springs, about 45 minutes away. I drive up figuring it won't be that crowded. It's in basically a valley, and we're kind of on one side where the, the maintenance shack is. We pull around the corner into said valley, look down over the grassy field near the stream. There are tents that look like castles all over the place. The field is full of no less than 100 people in costume with giant (laughs) Q-tip jousting sticks and other type weaponry. Q-tip? Yes. Unbelievable. I have never seen anything like it. They are having a full-scale medieval battle in the middle of this valley midday. The entire campground is full. You cannot get a tent spot because these people have their castles set up, and they are ready to go for it. It is a whole step beyond the Renaissance fair.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's documentaries about it all over the place.
4: All right. I will look up LARPing and try and come up with a documentary. (laughs) But let's... Jay, before we get to anything important, I just want to know about SRH doing push-ups in the airport. That's what I want to know.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. You know, for those of you that know my wife, she um, she always has a a set of rules or guidelines in our house. Rule number one is she is always right. Rule number two, in case I am ever right, I need to refer back to rule number one. So, <laughs> yesterday we were in the airport coming back from a, a trip to New Mexico. And we were, I knew the airport, it's the Philly airport, I've been there a billion times, and I knew the gate that we had to go to. My wife, in her infant wisdom, decided to call me out and say I was wrong. And so, when she went up to go check to see if I was wrong, she in turn found out that I was right. And so at that very moment, I called her out and I said, you need to give me five push-ups in the airport. And my (laughs) wife, being the good sport that she is, she obliged and she did the push-ups. And I took video of it because, dang it, I need proof. Because, you know, when we're 60 or 70, she'll always tell everybody, well, I've never been wrong about anything, and then I can refer back to the video, and then we're all good. So that's why she was doing them.
4: Fantastic. <laughs> my wife's a
2: good sport. Yes. She, and if you notice the push-ups, they are done in the same fashion as my father-in-law, which is her father, and they're not so good. So I had to make <laughs> fun of them. And they, are the <laughs> they are girl yeah, pushups.
0: They are girl pushups.
2: <laughs> they were girl push us, but she was a big sport, and I love her for it, so it's all good.
4: I love it. I love it. All right, let's get to the PVL. It happened in Phoenix. Uh, I went to the boys banquet. That was kind of the kickoff event. They honored the 1964 Olympic teams, both men's and women. It was the time that volleyball was included. It was the 64 Tokyo Olympic Games. Really kind of a yeah. cool night, and the boys banquet, along with some USAV meetings, are kind of the kickoff to nationals but nationals is a rolling tournament of age groups and other styles of play and jay you went down and coached a PVL team and PVL is a new aspect to volleyball started by steve bishop who we'll talk to later on this program from the florida yep. region and you guys it seems like you've sort of eclipsed what used to be the open division you guys are kind of the new rulers of the roost there
2: well, you know, rulers of the roost is a subjective term, but you're, but what the PVL is, for those of you that don't know, it, it's the Premier Volleyball League, and it's basically USA Volleyball's attempt with Steve Bishop to create a professional league here in the States. Now, you were right, you made a mention earlier, it's kind of the seedlings, it's the grassroots, so to speak, of this whole thing, and we all know that uh, there's been over the years where there was the IVL and then there was the Women's Pro League that started back in the 90s, that there's there's been a few attempts at trying to create an opportunity for players to stay home rather than go overseas and be away from family and friends and so forth and so on. And for whatever reason, they have folded. Um, and I'm not sure that I want to call this a giant success yet in the sense that it's going to be this big and beautiful you know, rivalry, rivalry the, you know, the NFL and the Major League Baseball. But what it did do was it created a great opportunity for, you know, uh, players to, to play against each other at a high level in a tournament-style fashion. And, you know, the regions, uh, for the most part, all sponsored teams. The goal, I believe, that Steve Bishop talked about when it first started a couple years ago, was he wanted 30 teams total. He wanted 20 women's teams and he wanted 10 men's teams. Well, the first year, there were no men's teams, and there were, I think, 12 women's. Second the year, there was 15 women's teams and five men's teams. Well, this year, there were only 14 women's teams, but there were 12 men's teams. And so what's happening is the exponential growth on the men's side is really uh, was really a dominant conversation throughout the course of the week. And there was really good volleyball being played, lots of ex-Olympia all ex-Olympians like Lloyd Ball and Scott Juzinski were there. Uh, Rich Lamborn was on the Paul Mitchell team. <clears throat> there were lots of great ex-Division One All-Americans, uh, players that just graduated. There were no current players, uh, NCAA players on any of those rosters. That's supposed to be illegal, so that was good. I didn't see any there. But there were lots of just players that wanted somewhere to go and showcase their talents. And, if I'm, you know, a gambling man, you know, Steve Bishop is really an open-minded kind of guy. He's a great marketer, and he's he's got some really great ideas and some great sponsors coming on board. And what we've talked about in years past is trying to create a series or a season, so to speak. And I think this is kind of the beginning steps of that. And I think one of the goals is have the men's adult open or the the adult open nationals be the first in the series and maybe you have it at boys' JOs or girls' JOs, and then maybe you have it at the HP Championships, and so there's a series, and you can have a Triple Crown event, and you can have a winner, and this and that. But it's a chance for the pro players that go overseas to come back home, and if you're on the national team or you're on the national team, you train out there, but if you're not... And this is a chance to play with some good guys and some high-level volleyball and keep your training up so you're not just sitting on your butt doing nothing and then when the season's over, you can go back overseas and, you know, repeat the cycle again according, you know, to how you want to do it. So it was a great event. I was really happy to be a part of it. And we took third place representing the Keystone region. That was pretty cool. So
4: The Keystone region ended up in third. Great Lakes, yeah, the way. Hometown, Team Great Lakes took first. And coached, by, test- coached
2: by Dave Doiser. They were good. And uh, All Chesapeake, right,
4: Chesapeake Rising Tide lost in the final,
2: yeah. Yeah, they were uh, mo- for the most part, that Chesapeake team were guys from UCLA and Santa Barbara. Uh, er- uh, Devaney, uh was the setter for that team, uh, Gonzalo Tiroga was one of the outsides. Uh, they had a kid from Mason as uh, as their Libero Lucas was his name, last name. Uh, they were a good team, and we ended up beating them in five in a barn burner the night before to have a little. A little bit of a rest, but they ended up beating a couple of good teams that next day to get to that final. So hats off to them.
4: Yeah, good participation here. Team Pineapple goes fourth.
2: Uh oh. Team Pineapple was in the final last year. Guess who beat them? Uh, Keystone. That would be correct, my friend. In four, that was (laughs) nice to get that check. (laughs) Take that, Lloyd Ball.
0: Now, I think that. One of
4: the things that I noticed here is that Paul Mitchell is in the PVL. They, this used yep. to be an open team, and Paul Mitchell now is supporting the SCVA team. I assume that's Southern California Volleyball Association uh, yep. PVL effort. What kind of what kind of players did they have on that particular team?
2: Uh, your typical uh, let's see how, I, how would I describe Paul Mitchell typical Long Beach heavy uh, Tyler Hildebrand was on that team Chris Seifert was on that team Rich Lamborn was a libero on that team lots of Long Beach State alum uh, you know the, I, I think uh, I think Paul Mitchell uh, came in as one of the favorites and we ended up beating him on the second day and then a couple of other teams did and they didn't make it to the gold bracket so um, I'm not sure that this is the result that they wanted but uh, for all intents and purposes, they'll probably come back next year just as strong if not stronger.
4: Yeah, eighth doesn't look like a championship contender in the final standings there. So.
2: No, uh, no. All right, so how about
4: the, the Open Division level of play and this level of play, the old Open Division? If you were to go back a few years, how, how close is it? Who is better?
2: Well, i tell you what, the Open Division – uh, back in the you know the the 90s and, and early 2000s was really a, a conglomerate of, of great players. It was the PBL of its time before the meme. You you could look at any one of those rosters, and there would be ex-Olympians, there would be current americans there would just be you know a, a cluster of of really really good volleyball, and the, and the level of play was really really high. The level of open this year, uh, I I would say it would be. You know, mid-level D1. Uh, you know, maybe you know, uh, maybe a team that is in the bottom half of the MPSF would be a, would be a good way to describe it. It's not bad volleyball; it just wasn't as consistently good. And and the top six or seven teams in the PBL were were pretty solid play. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say they were European Pro League level, uh, but it was definitely some of those teams could compete with some Division One teams that were, you know, in the top ten in the country and do pretty well. So. It was a nice level to see. I think the other difference, you know, we're in the we're in the coaches meetings and you know the open of old and I'm sure you can attest to this, Barney. There was a lot of uh social aspects to the whole thing. Yes. If you catch my drift, and there was no yeah, shortage was of involved. Yeah, there's no shortage of liquid refreshments whether the night before, the morning of or during the actual playing of the match. Uh, and this year, Steve Bishop, uh, Bishop was saying to everybody, you know, hey, we're we're trying to make this professional as possible, and and one of the things we're talking about is, you know, all the coaches have to be looking the same. They there, there cannot be any open containers uh, of any kind on the bench. And, and at first, you laugh at it. Uh, but that's really how it was. And if we're going to be taken seriously in the future, if we're going to be looked at by potential sponsors to be, you know, somebody they want to they want to give money to, can't go into this with the typical attitude of, well, we're volleyball and we can do what we want and it's a lifestyle. And no, no, we want to be taken seriously. If you look at the pro leagues across the seas. They're not drinking beer on the bench. You know, the coaches right. are not wearing cut off shorts and, and, and flip flops on you know, on the sidelines. They're looking professional and they're doing the best they they can to represent their team. So at that moment, you know, Roy looks over me and, and whispers, he goes, That's what's known as the Riley rule. So it was kind of funny because I think that was a little bit of uh a little bit of Riley's <laughs> uh uh-huh. <laughs> you
0: know,
2: but I it wasn't just him, it was a lot of people over the years. So I I, I take that as you know, we're we're trying to do what we can to make it a, a good and positive event for everybody, and I think uh, I think we nailed it on the head this year.
4: When you say bottom half of the MPSF, could that also be maybe an at-large from the MIVA type level?
2: <laughs> uh, it could be. It could be Barney. It could also be. You know. Hall of Fame, you know, JC and D level. I mean, it's it's kind of uh, a,
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! You know,
2: I I I go back to your days and my days at the JC level when we were playing against each other. And your Pierce teams were ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a pretty good level, and I, I'm I'm proud to be a part of it. Uh, I know there were a lot of good coaches that uh, participated, and it was just it was one of those events where you know, you you wanted to expand and you wanted to grow, and, and we were all doing the best we could to, to represent our regions and, and that was, you know, that was the one like for that. And don't, and don't you know, misunderstand. It wasn't like, there wasn't any socializing going on. Obviously, there was a lot going on in the evenings, but there were, you know, chances for other players that were in the open or in other levels to come meet the higher level players and meet the Olympians and, you know, Stacy Sikora had a night and the evening she sponsored. Lloyd Ball had one that he sponsored, and it was just It was just a lot of fun. I thought it
4: was a good event. That's sounding a bit more... Why weren't you... It's trying to.
2: It's definitely trying to. I thought we were going to play in a sitting team together.
4: That's where I was just trying to go with that. Kevin? I know. I know. Is that a
2: fail? Super
3: bummed. Yes. Yes.
4: Because weren't you there? I get an F. Didn't you go and do... I was there Wednesday, left Friday morning.
6: Kevin.
4: Or no, Thursday morning. Left Thursday morning. That event didn't start until... Monday morning to Monday Tuesday. I had been working on the that Dustin was
3: talking about. (laughs) As
4: as I told, (laughs) as I I explained, it is still on my to-do list. It is on my radar. I want us to have a team. I have to be better about the organization earlier in putting together an entire team. Correct, Kevin. My fault. My bad. Yes, Yes, it is. I will correct this Issue. Do we know the dates for next year? I hope year, we? we do. I don't know. Do we know the location, Jay? You know the main it location is going the to be
2: in Detroit next year, actually. It's going to be, I would assume, the same Memorial Day weekend in Detroit.
4: Detroit. Okay. Detroit. Yes,
2: the Motor City.
4: All right. Because
2: things are getting easier around here
4: with, uh, with kids and school and travel and timing and so on. So Detroit 2015. You know what I think we should do? Memorial Day weekend. I think the NetLive should, we should actually just purchase a block of real estate inside of the Detroit area, the Detroit downtown, because yeah. we have the bankroll to do that. A block of space in downtown Detroit <laughs> might <laughs> cost us 1200 bucks. I think we should purchase a block, <laughs> and we should, uh, we should put down some, some party time there. We should host an event on our, on our own block.
2: I, I'll tell you what. Hosting an event would really open the eyes of a lot of people that, that – I, I got approached by a number of people that said, hey, I listen to the Met Live. That's awesome. But there's not enough people that know about it at all levels, and that would be a great way to go out and promote the wonderful work that you all do. So.
4: TNL block party. TNL block party. That's what I'm all saying. Right. I wrote it down.
2: That's what I wrote I'm it saying. Hopefully, the a degree uh, of growth of,
4: quote, pro – and post-college particip- post college participation for both men and women. I hope that happens. We're going to have Steve Bishop on here shortly. He'll give us further details on the genesis of the PVL. If you haven't heard it before, we've talked to Steve before, and we'll get some of that information from him as well as where he thinks this is going, has it exceeded his expectations, and did Jay Hasek perform well enough to get invited back as a coach?
0: <laughs>
2: By the way, your boy Dave Shaw was the announcer and will be the announcer of the PBL for years to come. And he was in no shortage of uh, one-liners and little stories every once in a while. So it was great to have him on board, too.
4: Here's, Here's a question, and we may want to do this. The World League broadcast coming up. Yep. Do we have a broadcast word of the day? A word that I have to somehow work into my analysis of the game. Co-agulation. You,
2: you know, we, we do that all the time here at Penn State with uh, various announcers, and we have a list and they all have points attached to them. They're bonus words, things of that nature. There'll be things like dongle, uh, my little pony, you know, anything you can work into it. So <laughs> I would be all for that, and I think, you know, if we can somehow make this, you know, a wide event where people can give their votes on the net live on the Facebook page, I think we could all vote on some words that might be harder than others, and that could be the bonus that you
4: get there. All right, somebody needs to post, we and we'll take suggestions. Then we'll pick a word, and I will get said word into the broadcast this weekend. That's awesome. Or attempt I think to. that would be awesome. It has I to be reasonable be. yet challenging. We'll have to strike a balance there. <laughs> and you also mean dingleberries is a couple, word we can use? It cannot be sperm whale. <laughs> We cannot put sperm whale um, on not get that into your broadcast.
3: That's
2: interesting. It can't That's be, uh, right. that it can't be labia minor. It can't be anything like that. It's just got to be something. No female be big body.
3: The <laughs> tourists will not making an appearance on the broadcast. Texas troll okay. will let like, you throw in a smoothie king.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that well, was by the way, way I, I, know you, I, I know we're getting along in the show. There's a couple things I wanted to say, just kind of some housekeeping stuff. First of all, read pretty. Get get well soon, man. I know it's uh, a bummer that you went down, but I know that you will come back stronger than ever. How cool is it that Vinny has outdone his whole barbecue uh, numbers? He's up at 450 now, and he wanted to get 400. The guy is killing Matt.
4: it. Matt, That would be Matt Gardhoff. Matt Gardhoff, not Vinny.
2: Well, did I say Vinny? I'm sorry. I meant Gardhoff. Sorry, 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 sorry. But, uh, I mean, how cool is that that Gardhoff is just really – taking this thing in Rome, and Vinny, for that matter, has really done some work behind the scenes to get us some information on things. I mean, those guys, those are the unsung heroes of our sport, and we really need to make sure we acknowledge them because the work that they do is, is just it's, it's ungodly amounts of tireless hours of reading and doing research, and those guys really do a lot of good work. So I want to make sure that they know that I appreciate them, and I'm sure that you guys do too.
4: We do. And will you be at the Barbecue, Jay Hasek?
2: I will not. I have recruiting to do that weekend here in town. However, I will be in studio. Uh, what is it? The twenty second of June. Is that the Monday, twenty third? Nice. So I will be in studio that day. I'm not flying home early.
3: All right, Jay, in studio, the twenty third.
2: Yes. Twenty we'll third.
4: I know you'll be wearing flip flops, cargo shorts, and a t-shirt. That. cargo
2: shirts, not so sure about, don't know when I wear cargo oh, shorts. 40s, 40s. 40s, come on, 40s, I'm the one who cargo. Oh, is cargo. that what we
4: do? <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I'm not wearing cargo shorts, I'll be wearing most likely trunks, but yes, flip flops and, and a basic t-shirt, yes. Here, are we going to play like... a little volley afterwards? Uh, I'll
3: let you know what the doctor says about my ankle t- this afternoon. Oh man, we're getting old okay. around here. I'll,
2: I'll
4: come down and
3: pass. I know,
2: Gar- Garthoff and I have thrown down the gun, and you guys have passed so far, So.
4: All right, I'll come down and pass. I will not play. I will pass. Uh, I will be there, but I, meaning passing, like the ball. All right, June 22nd, Jay Hosick in studio with his board shorts. Where do you put your wallet in board shorts? That's my biggest problem mine, with that. Some of mine have little side pockets. But... Yeah, but your keys, your wallet, and your phone all in that little
3: side pocket? Well, my phone and you... my wallet are not the same thing.
4: Oh, that's cool. Kevin, yep. Nice. And uh, I could never do that. You see my wallet? It's a Costanza wallet now. You just shove all your receipts and stuff oh, in there. Oh, God, man. I have to list the port 10 degrees. Sit um, down. Yeah. And just so you know, Jay uh,
3: Gardhoff on the Facebook page or on the chat board said he will now be calling himself Vinny all week. <laughs> <laughs> My question is to give you, like, hey, Vinny, like that kind of Vinny. Or just, uh, <laughs> hey, yo, Vinny. Just no yeah. other
0: way. It's just, it's, <laughs>
2: hey, hey Vinny, oh, oh. Awesome. Uh,
0: all right, Jay, awesome. thanks awesome. a lot,
2: man. All right, gentlemen, take care. We'll see you soon. All right, yeah. we'll talk to you. See you soon.
4: Jay Hasek, checking out. Hey, uh, SRH, Stephanie Ray Hasek, we'll put you on notice. I Man love, push-ups next time. Real I push-ups, I love please. that he's like, you owe me five push-ups. She's like, you're right. <laughs> Done. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in it. I'm into it. I've got a buddy who works for Supercross that I, that I work for. He's one of the media guys. Drink. Drink. And he sent me some video of, among other things, a funny friend of his, but his wife and he have an agreement not to get fat. I think this is a fine agreement as far as relationships go. Yeah. I will not get fat. And so. He he sent me a video of her doing calisthenics in in the kitchen. She's like, "This is part of the agreement. Here we go." That's funny, pretty funny stuff. Now let's take another short break here. We'll have on the other side talk EVP before we get back to PBL and Steve Bishop. I want him to come on? Let's talk about EVP. EVP St. Pete. Yep. It was a fund. week-in of volleyball action. Ooh, good one. We'll be right back here on the net live on Volleyball Magazine. Also visit 68clothingcompany.com right now. Do it in the break. Volleyball Magazine, thanks for listening on iTunes. If you're getting this via iTunes, it is free. $0 to subscribe to the NetLive and have an opportunity to listen to the show. And tell your friends, man, if you're on a volleyball team, volleyball league, let them know that uh, this program is happening and you're getting good information from a variety of different sources about volleyball. We are hitting the meat of the volleyball season. About February, Jeremy, we don't have too much to talk about. Nope. It's kind of sparse. But right about now? There's a lot happening. Yep. It was A V P Saint Pete, event number one of the two thousand fourteen season. Correct, the kickoff event.
3: Which and? I really felt like I was just there because it was the later in the season last year and it was the last A V P event that I got on a plane to. If that makes sense. There were two oh, most, I see. There so were two it was Cali- the end of last year. But there were two California events after that, but it was the last event I ah, flew to. Okay. So Dustin and I were flying there Thursday and I was like, I really I feel like we got to the hotel, I was
4: like, I feel like I was just here. I mean
3: I was. I was there in September, I believe, last year was when I was there.
4: Okay. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, whatever.
4: In the in the world of series like that. Yeah. Correct.
3: Um, I was concerned because last year we had the weather issue in the finals on Sunday.
4: Was that the rain? That was the rain. Okay. Jake and Casey That was, was you running on. for your life because Nick Lucena was running for his as life? As soon as I saw Nick
3: sprint <laughs> off the court, I started packing up my stuff before anybody told me it was time to go. I was like, if the Florida guy is leaving, I'm leaving. <laughs> so last year, as you recall, they had to um, cancel the finals. The men were halfway through their finals. They were in set two. The women did not play. Oh, that's right. They were, had to be played in Santa Barbara. The men played right? in Santa Barbara. The women oh. were co-champions because that was Jen and April's last tournament playing together. Oh, so they yeah. were not playing together again okay. this season. So, um, but my concern was, as Dustin and I are flying into Tampa from after our three-hour layover in Dallas. Oh, fun! Yeah, it was a good. Time. American. Dustin had two conference calls, and we sat down and had a real meal before our next flight took off. Whoa! Yeah. Um, we're flying in, and as we get to Tampa, they were like, "Oh, we're there's some weather, so we're gonna circle for a little bit." I'm like, "Okay, no big deal." But you know, so starting off the weekend with some if weather. If they start dumping fuel, then you should worry. Um, we ended up flying to Fort Myers to refuel. Oh my! We Weren't on the ground as long as I was mentally prepared that we were gonna be there for a while. We were only really on the ground for maybe twelve, twelve, twenty minutes. That's not bad refueled, at all. and then we were back up in the air. So, we, Dustin and I got to Tampa about two hours later than scheduled, which could have been a lot worse considering we had to go to another airport. And that happened to a lot of people, by the way. Flying into Tampa, the weather issues wasn't just us.
4: They, you couldn't get an air refuel. You couldn't get the fuel tanker and a little know, thing that comes out the back. It's funny, too, because
3: I think we just missed the window because there were reports that other flights were landing when we were still circling. So I don't know if we got diverted. Oh, you were last. Or or like, some, something. I don't know how it worked. But anyways, I mean, we got there safe and sound. But that concerned me. I was like, well, if I'm starting off my weekend with a weather issue now, how's it gonna go for the tournament? Right. So we'll see. Um other than a minor weather delay on what day was it? Saturday afternoon? And it was just a precaution. Like it looked scary. Like it was it was coming at us. Didn't rain, just had some wind, probably shut down for about thirty minutes and then came back. That's not bad. No, okay. Not at all. But uh sixteen team main draw and this year it's new for me. I am set up on the outside courts, the first, basically until the finals. So I am playing to the entire venue as opposed to just stadium court the entire tournament, which I think is really, for me, it's great because now I feel like I'm a part of the entire tournament because I can see 90% of the matches.
4: Is your audio still playing? My audio is going everywhere.
3: The whole tournament. But the difference is, okay. last year they had my audio going everywhere, but if I'm on the stadium court playing to that match, my audio has to come up and down because of, Right. that match right but this way the sound guy can control my audio in stadium so it's not crushing the players in there oh i see so he's taking it up and yeah. down in there got or it. just letting me at a low level while they're playing and then on the outer courts i can leave it at one level because i'm playing to everybody as opposed to just focused on one court gotcha um and where my booth was set up uh you know a lot of the players came up and got to hang out because they could see all the i saw other a picture courts, of uh
4: jake and casey up there jake
3: and casey did you see paul baxter's comment on that no. Somebody in that photo between me, Jake, and Casey needed to work on their hair game a little bit. <laughs>
4: I'm not going
3: to say any names. Just, <laughs> just saying one of us doesn't have a, a cool uh, fohawk. Would there be some faux-hawk. Rogaine involved instead said I don't growing? Know. But, hey, there's nothing wrong. The guy looks good. Just saying. That was just one of the comments. <laughs>
1: um,
3: so the tournament was great. Weather, you know, it was warm. But uh, I, know, I know the player obviously in the afternoon got hot. But never rained. I was surprised. I was really surprised that we never got thunderstorms in the afternoon. Um, Which is typical there Correct And especially like this time of year You start to get You get to Florida in April You might get away with no rain You start to get this time of the year where it gets that humidity and stuff Builds up You're, you're going to get it And it rained around us I mean there was places Where it rained around us for sure So uh, it was a good tournament Dustin, uh, Dustin was really busy the whole time Running back and forth Doing some webcasting And calling a bunch of matches On multiple courts And I was just leaguing it at my DJ booth Hanging out all weekend
4: Nice yeah. See, the AVP has an article. Here comes the sun. Donald sun saves AVP infuses life into volleyball. There you go. There you go. Are you on AVP.com?
0: Yeah, yep. Checking
4: out their website. Mm-hmm. It's better than it used to be. That's correct. Yeah. Get better at it. You can... Uh, I guess we can't get through some of these pictures here, unfortunately. The, uh, the
3: format is the 16-team main draw.
4: And Friday...
3: Regardless whether you win or lose, everybody only plays one match.
4: well, it sounds like a great day if unless you lose because then your Saturdays can be really long. You could play three matches on Saturday, even three matches though compared to the old formats during the day, it's not so bad right it's Well then sometimes normal,
3: too, like and deal. it's a three day event, sometimes they were just two day events, and you were just you were playing six matches in two days. that's nuts, yeah, yeah, um, but the winners, like Brad Keenan and John Mayer, who won on the men's side Brad's first career victory after nine appearances in the finals so hard to believe that that's his first
0: if he's...
4: you asked me a question Brad Keenan has won zero AVP events I would have said false
0: yeah yeah yeah.
4: I would have thought that he and Keenan, that he and Mayer picked something up somewhere Mayer won with uh, Jeff Nygaard okay yeah
3: okay so this is Mayor's second Keenan's first in nine tries he's been he's knocked on that door a few times been really close um,
4: Him winning is not enough to make it a week in a volleyball. <laughs> you have to have more, and that more was April coming up with a victory. Yes. It also went three. Correct. Both matches went three, and also both matches ended on an ace serve. Mm.
3: Yeah. April ripped her jump serve.
4: John Mayer ripped his. Ball game. 16-21, 21-19, 18-16 in the third. And nearly gave it away on the men's side. Yeah. Nineteen twenty-one, twenty-one fifteen, fifteen eleven, for Carrie Walsh Jennings and April Ross
3: over new partnership Lauren Frederick and Brooke Sweat.
4: That is correct. Yep. The long arm of the law. The long arm of the gavel. The gavel. <laughs> <laughs> the gavel's better. Yeah. The gavel. But now was... Brooke Sweat needs a good nickname. Uh Sweaty Gavel is just not good for a partnership.
3: No. Um it was weird it was funny though cuz the women if you saw it on CBS Sports, and I know you were watching some of it earlier today, Kevin, the women's match, there wasn't much wind. And it was literally like as soon as they were finished and the men started, the, the wind started whipping around. I don't know what it was exactly on the court itself, but you could tell it was moving around because guys would go to handset the ball, and all of a sudden the ball is two feet away from where they thought it was going to be. So you see their long arms stick out there real quick, and the refs may have let something slide a little bit because of that. Just well, you know, the game let it go? go. Yeah. Purists? Yes. Yeah.
4: Enough yes. with your your rancor and your Dana Carvey esque. Back in my day, no one cares about your day. No, and you know why they changed the rules to make it more exciting, to make
3: it better. Yeah, oh. um, but it was, it was a lot of it was a fun match. no um like anything, people are like, "Oh, the fans aren't raging," blah blah blah. It was hot, and if you're sitting in those stands, you are just baking. You know, and we're asking you to be excited for two to three straight hours. Like right. you can only. You have to pick and choose your moments when to get that crowd going.
4: I did watch yesterday. Yep. I had it replaying up here, but I did watch the men's yesterday for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. I saw a glimpse of the women's. I have it taped downstairs. Yep. Uh, Marlone Blanton in the booth. Yep. Uh, doing a good job on CBS Sports Network. April was in there for a bit during the men's. Yeah. I thought she did a nice job. I learned a couple of things about her. Good. She cannot handset, which I didn't know. Interesting. Unable to. Interesting. Maybe we can loosen the rules enough so she can handset. I also really liked what her partner, Carrie Wallace Jennings, advice was when they had a discussion about peaking. Carrie said, I don't want to peak. I just want to win every time. Awesome. I like that. I like that. That's awesome. That's a fantastic attitude. No peaking, just win every time. It's a great quote, too, by the way. Yeah. So those are things I learned. I learned something when I watched these broadcasts. See,
3: those are things I miss. It's not a complaint, but I miss. Like April was five feet away from me when she was doing the broadcast with him. But I can't hear any of that. Right. You know? You know what
4: else I noticed? Again, in the AVP, nowhere to be seen, at least on the TV broadcast, yep. Phil and Rosie. Philip. They were in the semifinals, Keenan
3: and uh, Mayer, Mayer. took them out. Yeah.
4: So, another non-finals appearance for that partnership on the AVP. Yeah, and, and kudos to Brad
3: and Mayer. They, um, I think, I'd have to look at the scores again, but I think their last three matches, they went three. Maybe three matches prior to the finals, or including the finals. Like to get there, they were, they uh, they pushed it to the limit. That's for sure. Rosie is now full time on the right. In the matches that I saw, he they they look good, Kevin. It's they look good. Good. And I think on the men's side, I mean, you're gonna have four, five different teams that could win every single weekend. You know, both teams are in the finals this weekend. Rosie. Hayden and Triborn, Nick and uh, Ryan, Todd and Theo. I mean, those, those are all really good teams They could win every single weekend.
4: Looking at the list of names here as I go down the results. <clears throat> Triborn, John Hayden. Tied for third with Delhauser and Rogers, as you mismentioned. Mm-hmm. Bruner and Rogers. That's Todd Rogers. The professor. Yeah. Casey Jennings,
3: who had a swing.
4: Did I say Delhauser-Rogers? I probably said probably. Delhauser-Rosenthal. Yeah. Could have had a different R in last name. Andre Belove and Adrian Carambula in ninth with Billy Allen and Brady Halverson. Pedro and Steve Grotowski. It's still a lot of the same names. Dana Camacho. Yeah. 13th. Yep. Out of the qualifier. That's the last last money-paying position. The money, I still wonder about the money, man. You still have to have another job. $2,500 Twenty well, five hundred bucks if, if you're you a low If you're a lower level. For if sure. you could even get in the tournament, then finish ninth, you get twenty five hundred bucks, which probably is not going a long ways to split. covering anything. Twenty five hundred split. Split. No. Twelve fifty each, airline, hotel, food. It's a commitment, bro. Taxes, all that money's gone. Hundred percent of it, gone. It's a commitment. Rental car. Well sit.
3: if they ball like you do when you get your rental cars. <laughs> if you're on the list. Um, you mentioned Casey Jennings with a new partner, uh, Jeremy Casebeer. Jeremy's going to be really good. UCLA kid. Um, Casebeer? Never heard of yeah, him. Yeah, has some, uh, you can see the up the potential. Like, he's a couple more seasons on the beach, playing with decent partners. Like, he, he's there. He's knocking on the door. He's pretty good.
4: His name is Case of Beer. Case of Beer, yes. <laughs> Jeremy Case of Beer. Yeah. Huh. Uh, good that Casey Jennings has a partner. Yeah, Last year, struggling to get a partner.
3: And Casey had a swing for match to get to third over Keenan Mayer. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't do it. Said he went a little, said, tried to go high line, didn't work out for him.
4: All right. Yep. I like that they're keeping stats. 14 aces for Brad Keenan, 13 for John Mayer. Well, I guess we know what they're doing well. Well, when that win picked
3: up in their finals, you knew that was going to help them because that's that's what they do they go back and they rip it and when there's no wind you know they're still ripping it but it's not
4: moving you know it's not moving as much as it would philip dalhauser out blocked in total blocks but not in average 2.11
7: try born
4: 2.25 blocks try's legit yeah try is legit good to see some names of the theo of course 186 and 194 for brad uh, I like, I love that they keep stats. Lots of times these stats are hard to find when it comes to beach. Correct. You know what else they're
3: doing? They're doing live stats too. So during the match, they'll call timeout or there's technical timeout or there's a uh, side change. It'll the stats in that match currently go up on the
4: board. Hey, Triborn, nice job, buddy. Triborn, we mentioned his blocking just now. Led in blocks per set. Also hitting percentage 654. Yeah, that, that'll get it done. That's pretty good. Nice job, Triborn. Congratulations. That's a good team. Tell telling you. Yeah. All right. Could, I, I'm telling you, there's five,
3: four, five, six teams that could be in the finals every single week on the men's side.
4: I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Well, ABP St. Pete.
3: And I know you are panicking about Phil uh, and Rosie, but they're good. Okay.
4: Yeah, I'm not there. That's why I asked the question. Now, next event, July 3rd through the 6th, Milwaukee. Me. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Algonquin 4? I don't know.
3: The Goodland. The good land. Nice. Thanks, Alice Cooper. I'm looking forward to uh, Todd uh, Gronsky.
4: Gronsky, yep. I keep Gronsky. Running, I
3: keep running, what's the tight end for uh, the Patriots? Grutowski. Grutowski, that's what I keep is that what it. Is that, yeah. <laughs> Looking forward, Looking forward to
4: that event. There have been other events
3: there that I, I have not made it to uh, his Bradford Beach yet, so I'm looking forward to being there this year. Cool. Fourth of July weekend.
4: Yep. July 3rd through 6th. So if you're in the Midwest area, plan on making a trip up there to see... Best beach volleyball players in the United States. i got to wait a little while to get there, though. I feel like I'm, I'm ready to
3: go, like, now. Let's do this. <laughs> go this like, after weekend. this weekend, I was like, okay, the season's going. Let's do this.
4: Yeah, you don't really hit the stretch of the season until they go August. Salt Lake, Manhattan Hermo- or Manhattan Beach, Cincy, Atlantic City, Huntington Beach. Yep. Basically back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, almost. There's a week off there between the Atlantic the City yep. and Huntington Beach. Yep. Yeah, they have to accommodate the FIVB schedule, which yep. will now take precedence for a bit. Well,
3: one of the FIVB events got moved to the end of the year, which uh, affected the
4: Huntington Beach event for the AVP. Yeah, that's because they're struggling. They are struggling, just like everybody else, to make a business of it. Anyway, good debut for the AVP. Wish them the best with the continuing part of this schedule. I hope they make a business of it. Yeah, solid crowd this weekend, too. That's good. Yep. How about you have a sponsor village? Yeah. Active? Engaged? Yeah. Okay. All that's good. It was a
3: I mean it's a smaller intimate footprint that we were on this year. We were in a slightly different location, same area. A little closer to my hotel, which I was happy about. But uh <laughs> not that, I
4: mean not that it was that big of a deal last year.
3: But uh the fans there I think you know, they support. Good deal.
4: We need some player interviews next time too, by the way. You know, there's so yeah, I know, it was my first tournament.
3: Next time. And it's hard, Kevin. Next time.
4: Next it's time. hard to interview him in the DJ booth when uh, music's blasting. We've got a couple of topics we still need to get to. We're not going to go yet. But Taylor Townsend, this is an article that was posted by Melissa Crone Carvel on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash The Net It's about fitness, weight, and athletes' body image. I think, like a lot of stuff, people try and take this incident and apply it with a broader brush mm-hmm. to a whole bunch of society. But we'll have an interesting discussion about that. We'll also have some chatter about coming World League Russia what does Reed's injury mean for the USA Men's National team? Mm-hmm. It means there's some room. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. And Taylor Sander, reigning player of the year. He had a good weekend. We'll talk about what he needs to do going forward, what challenges he may face in this World League and next year. It will be interesting to follow Taylor Sander in his career. But I want to see what John is going to do. We're hoping to have Matt Furbringer if there's time. a biscuit, a biscuit. Do we have our next guy here? Three five two. I believe so. Yeah.
3: You do an intro, or I don't know. Uh,
4: Just a a short intro. You know what? In your life, in your lifetime, Uh plant a tree. Okay. Do something. Start something that's going to last. Okay. Something that's going to outlast your life and your presence here. Have an impact for a generation to come, perhaps generations to come. This guy's trying to do that. Steve Bishop, founder and creator of the Premier Volleyball oh, League, nice. involved with the Florida region. I believe uh, president of the Florida region, if not currently at one time. Welcome uh, Steve Bishop back to the Net Live. Steve.
5: Hey, good afternoon, everyone. How are you doing?
4: Hey, good. Uh, am I getting your, your bio correct? Are you current commissioner or were commissioner?
5: I'm the executive director. Executive Director and President, down here in the Florida region.
4: Very good. You, so you wear all the hats all at once.
5: Uh, at times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Built, building a big, building a big twenty-court sand volleyball complex. Played uh, uh, project manager earlier today. So.
4: Oh my goodness. All right, well, we'll get to some of your other efforts there in the Florida region to increase volleyball around the United States. But really, the Premier Volleyball League, this is your brainchild. This is something I remember you talking to me about a couple of years ago up in Holyoke, Mass., at the Hall of Fame Inductions. And this is ground up the hope for professional volleyball in the United States. How was this idea conceived for those that that don't know anything about it right now?
5: Mm, probably out of sheer frustration. It didn't make a whole lot of sense why we didn't have anything going on here in the U.S., especially with our kind of our regional infrastructure that we've got in place. And, um <clears throat> so I approached, <coughs> excuse me, I approached, uh, Doug Beal and Tom Pingle at USA Volleyball and said, hey, I got a crazy idea. Uh, can we get a, theoretically an adult high performance program that can migrate into a semi-pro and potentially a, a pro volleyball league here in the United States. If I can get enough regions to get on board with this, can you guys cover referees, prize money,
0: <clears throat>
5: and uh, help us make this thing happen? And uh, of course, you know, Doug's been wanting to do that for a long time. I think they had a slightly different concept in mind. They were looking at more of a top-down model, which... You know, I've been around in the sport for 29 years, and I've watched those come and go, unfortunately, because people, rich people will only spend so much money before they realize that they're just blowing it. Yeah. So this relies heavily on the regions to uh, pick up the teams, create the teams, pay the coaches, take care of travel, and I've uh, gotten USA Volleyball to cover prize money. I gave out $40,000 in, uh, in prize money here in Phoenix just uh, last weekend.
4: Very nice. A little-known fact, necessity, the mother of invention, frustration, the father of invention. Amen. I did want to know who creates the teams. You say it's the regions. The regions notoriously have their own agendas. It's kind of like herding cats. How did the process go of trying to get the regions on board to support and make the effort to actually produce teams?
5: Well, if we rewind all the way back to day one, that was October 2011. In Denver, Colorado, we had our, our uh, semiannual meetings up there, and I got a chance to get in front of the group and pitch the idea. Um, I had uh, four or five regions raise their hand and say, yes, that was like, a great idea. We'd like to get involved. Uh, next up was I went to the Final Four in the ABCA convention that year in San Antonio, and I basically cornered people until they all gave in and said, yes, we'll have a team, by May of that year, we had 12 women's teams show up in Salt Lake City for the first BBL championships, which led me to believe we might be onto something. Last year in Louisville, we had, uh, between Louisville and uh, for the women and Reno for the men, we had 20 teams last year come on board. And then this year in Phoenix, uh, we topped that at 26 teams, 14 on the women's side and 12 on the men's.
4: Steve goes about 6'8", so definitely intimidating if he backs you into a corner. You may as well just say yes and get it over with and save everyone some time. Uh, how are the players being recruited for these different teams, and do you have to be in a certain region? Can, you, can we trade players between regions? If I move from here to Chicago, not likely but possible. Could I, could I go from the SCVA sectional team to a regional team to the Midwest team?
5: Oh, absolutely. Uh, basically, athletes are committed for a season, uh, and then they can re-register when the renewal process starts in the uh, following following USAB season, and they can register in the region where their team rep lives. So they don't technically have to live in a specific region, and I know that's the case with almost all of the teams. I think we only have a couple teams uh, that are what we would call uh, true blue with respect to having only athletes from their region, uh, but many other athletes uh, traveled and, and played with teams and folks they played with in college. Uh, I know for exact, uh, for example, um, uh, Lloyd put a team together and they played as the uh, Hoosier Team Pineapple, and obviously had most of his alumni from uh, from his old college. But here in Florida, we had athletes come in from out of the area. And I think that's the case with, with many others. So it's only a rule of two. So you can only have two athletes from out of region. In other words, two athletes that are physically registered in another region. But it's it's not that complicated.
4: Okay, so two foreigners, basically. That's kind of taking off the professional club model. You can have two foreigners on your squad. Uh Correct. In a sport where... Notoriously, sponsors don't spend a lot of money. How has the sponsorship support been for the league?
5: Well, obviously, uh, we we have four sponsors right now in year three. Uh, Those are Vert, a new sponsor that just came online, and they, uh, they basically have been helping us. Uh, by providing some of their wearable tech i don't know if you guys are familiar with that but it's a wearable tech device that allows you to measure your a- the athletes vertical jump live during the game and it goes to a big uh, flat screen tv that scrolls through and you can actually get instant feedback so at the table when we were announcing nice. uh, we had uh, all the stats for the athletes on the court we knew what their jumps were on their serves their blocks and their their attacks so it adds a adds a new element of uh you know, kind of something to be looking for and did things like once an athlete, once the men, you know, broke 35 inches, we had some prizes we gave out to the crowd. Fun stuff like that. So Vert is one right now, uh, not a real cash partner, but uh, more of an in-kind helping us uh, step up the show a little bit. Uh, Data Project and Data Volley, uh, they provided licenses for all the PVL teams so that we could keep uh, keep stats and, you know, help with uh, make it a little more professional we we got a photographer that traveled with us, David Jester, uh, providing all the photography for the whole entire event at no cost. And then Rocks Volleyball, our official outfitter uh, here out of Florida, they they provided uh, apparel for all of the teams that didn't have an apparel partner. Um, so mostly all in kind type stuff, just to help teams, you know, kind of shave off some real dollar cost, uh, you know, out of their budgets.
4: I love it. The vert system. I'm, I'm going to put yeah. this in my calendar right now. We need this for World League. We, we need to have this for World League. There's It'll no reason that that's available. Uh, yep. I'm going to put it in my calendar right now. I'm going to follow up later today and see if we can get that. If you could send me any contact info on who I need to talk to.
5: I will. I'll send you the owner's name. He's a great guy.
4: Martin right on. IPhone. Right on. Because I, I want people to understand how high – the international guys are going. Forget 36. Let's talk about 46. Uh, uh, I agree. <laughs> Steve, how about the relations between USAV and the regions? Again, notoriously at times not smooth, let's say. Right. Is this a good way for them to cooperate? Has this been a source of cooperation or another source of friction? What do you see the future of the PVL providing as far as relations between the two entities?
5: Agreed. They're obviously, a bit uh, a bit of tension at times. I think it's because sometimes the two entities are on slightly different tracks with different focuses. And um, so far, this has been, I think, one of the most positive, um, I don't know, connection points for lack of better words, uh, between the two organizations because we're both doing something positive for the sport and we're making forward progress. Uh, it's not truly professional. No one's making a a living off of this yet, but. Based on the level of volleyball that we saw in Phoenix, uh, being our third year of operations, the level of play is is definitely improved over last year. And the athletes couldn't say enough great things about the tournament, the level of play. We of course had players' parties scheduled for the athletes every night. Uh, you know, special PVL parties that they got armbands for, where they got you know all the uh, all the amenities and upgrades that were available for being part of the PVL. That particular piece has been well received, obviously by the athletes. Uh, having professional coaches and attire, I think ups the ante. Uh, you know, we don't allow shorts and jeans and ball caps and flip flops and all that kind of stuff on the benches. Uh, everyone has to be in either team warm ups or khakis. So that that's been a uh, a nice mesh point between the regions and USAV because obviously that that speaks of the combined professionalism of what PBL is trying to do. I, I yeah, mean, is it perfect? Like no, it's not thing. perfect. We just,
4: I just said it starts right. to look like the national yeah, team we're, instead we're, of just a bunch of put-togethers.
5: Yeah. yeah, not a bunch of folks in flip-flops and shorts over there on the bench. Um, so we, we're holding them to a little bit higher standard, which which we think is very important. But I, but I think to answer your question a little more directly, I, I'm hopeful that this is going to be a nice, uh, let's say we're all pulling in the same direction project. Um, perhaps more so than, than some of the other things that are on the table or have been on the table. So I'm I'm encouraged by the progress we're making uh, collectively.
4: You've enlisted the help of a couple of legendary volleyball players in the United States, of course, four-time Olympian and gold medalist Lloyd Ball, silver medalist Stacy Sikora, who recently retired from the national team system. What have these ambassadors meant for you guys, and what have you tasked them with in promoting the PBL? <sighs>
5: Well, it's just added validity, I think, to the lead because we've got two well-known uh, Olympians who, you know, believe in what we're trying to do and have uh, gone above and beyond to help us do that. We had a players' party uh, each night uh, while we were in Phoenix, and uh, the second night was hosted by Stacey Sakura. She drove down from Vegas, hosted the party. We played some fun trivia games, and she got a chance to interact with the with the uh, athletes that were there and the coaches that were there. So it adds a uh, it adds another level of um, uh, validity, I guess, for for lack of a, a better reference. And then Loy, the, the third night we had a player's party that Loy hosted, and uh, as you know, he partied with Loy, so he's a hoot. Uh,
4: yes, <laughs> he's good at that. He's multi-talented. <laughs> he's not just a, a legendary volleyball athlete. He is also a legendary
5: partier. Yes, he is. Amen to that.
4: I just wonder if he played Kid Rock the entire time, or did he let anyone else get some music in?
5: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a quite a mix of music, that's for sure.
4: Uh, Steve, when do you see this becoming a paid, not a paid profession, but at least a paid activity for these players on a regular basis where they're drawing a salary that maybe you could make a choice to play full-time or not?
5: Here's what I see happening in the next two years. This is the goal. Uh, talked with Doug about this a little bit, and I'm hopeful that we can put some uh, put some legs to it. But in the next two years, what I'd like for the league to do is to have consistent league play during the season, meaning that we're, we've got teams traveling and they're playing at the uh, the junior national qualifiers or large junior events uh, throughout the country, so we can take the game back out to the fans. So we hope to see uh, in 15 a um, a little bit of supplement to help with the teams, with travel, with uh, uh, lodging and airfare, VIK-type stuff, so we can get those teams out to those large juniors' events and start having some conference competition and then de- determining who our conference champions are. So in the next two years, next year, I'd like to see that be one mandatory uh, that's that's covered. So that means the athletes really they don't have any expenses. They're getting a chance to play at a very high level and out in front of some really, really big crowds. Uh, And then 16, uh, which will be our fifth anniversary, hopeful that uh, if we can continue with the funding support, uh, we'll be able to have two mandatory events. So that means teams will be traveling twice before they get to the PVL championships, uh, at at a minimum. Obviously, more is allowable. But two that will be supplemented so that the, uh, the teams can get out and about and we can raise the awareness of the league a little bit more.
4: Still doesn't answer my question is when you could actually get paid and make a living. Do you think that will happen? Is that on you the horizon?
5: Don't. Yeah, I don't have an answer for that one yet. That's uh that's past the five year plan and uh I it's certainly a goal of the league. Kevin, don't get me wrong. I just I don't have a I don't have a target date for that because until let's say perhaps uh Grand Prix Entertainment stays in the picture and they continue to uh you know put some funding on the table Maybe at that point the athletes, uh, there's some more financial support for the athletes. But I don't see that as a short-term solution. I think it continues as a quote-unquote semi-pro model, uh, at least for the first, uh, first five to seven years. And if we're still around at that point, it'll be an interesting conversation of how we transition to what you're talking about.
4: Fantastic. Steve Bishop is founder and creator of Premier Volleyball League. They just finished up their main event, the championships there in Phoenix in conjunction with the USAV Adult Nationals. They're providing the highest level of volleyball that you can see in the United States outside of a collegiate system. It is the perhaps the beginning, the seed, the growth point, the start of professional volleyball in the United States. Steve Bishop, thanks for your time and thanks for your vision. We appreciate you spending some time with us here on the show.
5: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate the coverage, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Take care.
4: Steve, Steve, one thing before you go. Where do people go yep. if they want to get involved, if they want to play? Where's the where's the website? Where is the touch point for them, regions, or you guys directly?
5: Yeah, how, Shame on me, right? Uh, didn't even try and get that in there myself. Uh, USAPVL.com. USAPVL.com. And you get all the information there, uh, what teams we have, who the contacts for the teams are, Information on our vision, Uh, of course, our schedule just wrapped up, so that's kind of old news right now, but we'll get a schedule for 15 up uh, once we get back here in the late fall.
4: Awesome. Steve, thank you.
5: Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye.
4: All right. Steve Bishop checking out. out. USAPVL.com. That's where you want to go. USAPVL.com. Jeremy, once your ankle is better, see if you can get on with the SCBA. I would love to see That would be fun. Hey, I, I want to jump to this because uh, we're hoping for Furbringer in a little bit. I don't want to miss these couple of topics. This is where I wanted Katie, because good article. Well, I don't know if it's a good article, actually. Good good topic. Yes. Posted by Melissa Crone carvel on our Facebook page about Taylor Townsend, who is a young tennis star of Chicago. And a couple of years ago, the USTA, the U.S. Tennis Association,
3: when she was 16, She's now 18.
4: Okay, so it's two years ago. Yep. Basically tried to ban her from an event saying she was not fit enough. They should have just said, you're too fat. It's really what they were saying. You're too fat for our event. Saying they were concerned about the athlete and her health and so on and so forth. Uh, You know, nice guys for, hey, Fatso, don't come out and play on our courts. You're not good for our event. So it brings up an interesting thing that has happened in a variety of athletics, fitness, weight, and athletes. What is the right weight? What is the right fitness level to perform in a certain sport?
3: Here's the thing. I know a lot of skinny people that are not healthy. True. I know a lot of people who are not in the skinny realm who actually are healthy. That's just their body type. True. Um, so what are, what are they saying? Because she was... Bigger. They thought she was unhealthy. How do they determine whether? What was was the determining factor? Just that she looked like a big girl? Was the fact that they were worried about her health? Is that what it was?
4: Well, because the they, photo, they try and cast it in that in that look, right? They try and cast it as concern for the athlete. Yeah, the athlete and those supporting him or aggrieved by the whole situation cast it as fat people being excluded, and this is a body image.
3: Well, you know who else deals with that a little bit is. Um, Serena. Serena, yes. Correct. And it's
4: mentioned in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I would never characterize Serena as overweight. She's, well, overweight, I don't know. She That's is the, muscular it. as all hell. Correct. She is ripped up. Katie's on the line. Would Serena.
3: I, would you like me to bring Yeah, Katie let's in? bring
4: her in. She, Serena is ripped up. There For is her. no doubt. She, but she, her body type. But it's because she doesn't have the
3: slim... Feature that most of the other tennis stars have is why that is, topic is even brought up for her.
4: Same mom, same dad, Serena and Venus, radically different body types, right? Without any work at all, without any external inputs, radically different body types. Uh, okay.
3: Yes, well, I'm not sure right. radically term, but Katie. Serena Katie
4: agrees with you. Serena is shorter and way buff. Way buff. Venus. She's not really ripped up. She is lean and strong, obviously in shape, but she is tall and kind of stringy. Correct. Totally different body types. And so now we start getting into the debate, hi, Katie, between (laughs) what your body type is when when you're born, what you're given genetically, and what you're able to modify it with as far as diet, exercise, training, participation. Yeah.
8: Well, I think the biggest issue with this girl in particular was she had already won na- nearly every junior tournament imaginable. Twice at Wimbledon, she won in doubles, she won in singles, and they were saying, well, you're not in good enough shape. But clearly she was. <laughs> she continued to win.
0: Right. What and was they okay were, about and it wasn't else. like
8: her cardio was a question. It wasn't like there was anything additional. It was this kid just doesn't fit the mold. And I think that's where they went wrong.
4: Yeah, because you're going to see, especially around. at
8: that age, they're not at the stage where they're like, at their peak yet. She's so going I'm to change kind
4: of a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, that's why I say the USTA should should have just come out and said, you're too fat for our event.
3: Well, even the picture, and I don't know what age she is in this photo, whether right. she's 16 or 18 or whatever. Like, I was expecting something a little bit more dramatic when they were like, oh, she's too uh-huh. big. I looked at the photo, I was like, what What are you talking about? She's heavier. <laughs> but still, but yeah, looking at it, like, it's not...
4: Then let's not talk about all not big. I mean, she's not blindness. a big girl. I'm not, I'm not like,
8: not oh my God, you look at her and say, no way she's an athlete. Yeah, I mean, well, just... and, and this, is,
4: this is where I think it gets interesting, because it, when this happens to a female athlete, it's always cast as this huge, monumentous example of how women are wronged and body image problems and people photoshopping photos and everything else, as though it doesn't happen just in athletics to a lot of athletes. Talk to mm-hmm. Vin Baker, who at one point looked like he took T-bones and stuck them on his face. <laughs> you know, talk to a lot of offensive linemen or defensive linemen, and First players... Off. And <laughs> at, at levels of the NFL and NBA, that come in too heavy. Have clauses in their contract that say they will make money if they come in under a certain Correct. weight. This is not just a female issue when it comes to athletics. This is a this is a broad issue when it comes to athletes, the perception and their ability. Correct. But when have you ever seen an organization
3: say, "Hey, LeBron James, you're a little too fat for"? Uh, well, playing. and the
8: other thing was, they just told her that they weren't going to sponsor her because of it. It wasn't like she wasn't <laughs> going to go play. She still played in the event. And
4: she won, and they, by the And way. they
8: paid for the, and they won it, and she won it. And they were just her, like, we're just not going to sponsor you because you don't fit what we want. That's great. And that's, I mean, they ended up paying her back for it or something along those lines, but still right. the same thing. They're like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, as not a, only did she go out there and win, she made you all look
3: like idiots. And as a business you're running, what PR hit, if you're looking at it from this point of view, or are you going to take worse hit on? The fact that you're telling somebody they're too big, they can't play in your league, or the fact that that person you told that to wins the tournament and then basically tells you to suck it. You know what well, I'm saying? Like, The kick of it it is head to?
8: of the, the thing is John McEnroe, of all people, Patrick. who was.
3: Or
0: Patrick. Patrick
8: McEnroe, sorry. Patrick McEnroe. I mean, you're just looking at these people and you're thinking to yourself, like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, were you perfect throughout your entire career? Yeah.
4: I think a bad move, no doubt, for the USTF Oh, for sure. Yep.
3: And maybe probably after some injury, were you ever, when you got to the gym on the national team or one of your pro teams, wherever, were you ever not in, were you ever out of shape and overweight going into a season like not?
4: As, come on, Jeremy.
3: That's I'm just trying to, to add on. to the conversation, Kevin. Seriously, just I was asking. <laughs> this is the you guy who like keeps a telling a us pitch.
8: he can't put on weight, so there's that.
3: <laughs> that's true. Yes. That's
4: true. Uh, out going of shape, maybe.
8: <laughs> <laughs> overweight, I doubt it.
4: <laughs> no, no, I, I, I never encountered that situation. I've, Must when I nice. came to the national team, I probably wasn't strong enough throughout my entire body. My upper body was incredibly strong. My, I had not I worked totally ripped. <laughs> I totally shredded. <laughs> I had not worked on my lower body as I should, and I did because the national team system put me in there with cleans and squats and everything else, which I hadn't ever really been dedicated to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been dedicated all kinds like of training is. things. But I'd never encountered that, and, and as Katie just mentioned and alluded to, my genetics are thin. Yes, correct. Period. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't cope with that issue. Um, I, I think this gets gets back to the genetics versus inputs debate that you see in the broader part of society yeah. right now. Well, what it gets back
8: do. to how do you handle it in female sports? I mean,
4: the same as I'm, you do in male. No.
8: Mm, no. It's a... Well, and this is a statistic that a lot of people, unless you coach women's sports, women's volleyball is the second highest rate of eating disorders of any sport. The first one is gymnastics. And it's not good. You have to be really careful. Why Why volleyball? volleyball? Well, you're in tiny, tiny uniforms, and everybody that is a prototype for our sport is skinny and tall and long.
4: And when you don't fit it,
8: it raises some real issues.
4: I know Brian Jimolero at Long Beach for a long time held weigh ins and that was a source uh-huh. of
8: Russ Rose wow. did the same thing.
4: Yeah. I mean, they it looked team
8: weigh-in. <laughs> Like it There's was women. and you did it in front of everybody. And it there. kinda depends on how you handle it. And you have to I mean, with female it's just it's a different issue. You know? Is, it's just a different issue.
4: Katie, is something like that acceptable in any form?
8: Well, like I mean, you guys have seen me. I'm not a small girl. And when I was playing, all of my teammates were, you know, 5'10 and 120 pounds. And I'm going, holy crap. And our coaches, my coaches handled it in a, this is the body fat percentage range you need to be in to be at your best. That's when you play your best. And so that's what we looked at rather than, they're never worried about weight. And that was key. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where you have to handle it in an appropriate manner, and you have to have the right people doing it. Like our trainers, our you know athletic trainers, did it with us, not our coaching staff, not in front of your teammates, kind of a thing. It's, it's approaching it it's in the right manner and talking about it in the right way that keeps girls like I had. I mean, I had three teammates that got below an acceptable body weight percentage because they thought it would be great to go on this huge diet and ended up with stress fractures and got sick, and they were held out of competition because they couldn't get high enough.
4: I have seen that even at the national team level with Logan Tom. If you remember back to 2004, she was in an FHM shoot. She was feeling a lot of pressure to be skinny. She was ah. incredibly skinny, way mm-hmm. too skinny in my opinion. And she has battled issues up and down. She finally got back to looking like she ought to look, which is a strong female athlete. I mean, there's a, there's a strength thing to female athletes that, that I like. I don't, I don't want some willowy well, and as knock an athlete, you over. Don't you need to be a little bit strong? You know what I'm yeah, yeah. And I, I mean you need to be able to
8: handle the wear and tear that's going to be on your yeah. body when you play, and if you're really thin, sometimes you can't. But every and the key is everybody's different, and you can't try to say like everybody should look like this person, and that's kind well, of where the pigeonholing problem ends up.
3: And that's why I think the the discussion should be health as opposed mm-hmm. to what. How do you measure that? How do you measure health? Yeah. Well, Can are you, are do you do looking part? at overuse injuries? Are you? Injuries? It are strength, you like, yeah, it's a health issue. It's not what does my body shape okay. look like. It's a, it's a health issue because they're, they're offensive linemen who are big dudes, but they're healthy, yeah. but they're not shredded like the wide receiver or the running back. Right. But mm-hmm. because they're not shredded, does that mean they're not healthy? No, it's just they're training differently. It should be a health issue. If this girl who's playing tennis, maybe her genetics or that she's just a bigger girl, but is she healthy? Then that's what matters.
4: And plus yeah. she's good, too, is the other thing. Katie,
3: yeah.
0: is, is this
4: a larger problem with female athletes because of the physiology of being female?
8: Yeah. I mean, when we're looking at things like trying to keep a female athlete in the right range for body, like if you get below 15%, we're talking could affect your ability to have children, could affect your ability to do a lot of things, and it's, it's definitely a... You know, it can be really rough and long-term effects. Like if you look at the effects that that kind of stuff has on gymnasts who don't hit puberty until they're 23 yeah. because they've put their body through so much that, you know, it's, your, it's a long-term health issue as well. And knowing kind of where things, you know, physiologically go for females in terms of, like, this can really affect you down the line, that's kind of the trade-off you have to have.
4: So I think we're all in agreement here that the organization, USTA, has no... Handled it poorly. <laughs> has... statement of the
8: century. <laughs> yeah,
4: has no business stepping in on this issue. None. The other thing...
3: Well, they, run,
4: they run the tournament. If your kid wins your tournament, you can't
3: bar the kid because you don't like him for one reason or another. And again, does that mean all the other kids aren't healthy, you know what I'm
4: saying? Those kids, pro- the person you thought was not healthy just dominated all your other kids, then what are you saying to them? There are going to be a couple of kids in there that eat like crap, but just happen to be skinny and are still good at
0: tennis.
8: Yes, like my college teammate who ate nothing but pizza and french fries for four years and still only weighed 120 pounds. I kind of wanted to kill her. Well, I was sitting there eating salad every day. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's just how people are. And if you're not going to, you know, take a look at overall health benefit, like, if you're healthy for whatever you're at, then you're fine. I mean, this kid Mm -hmm. clearly can play. She's not at risk for any kind of injury. She's not at risk for health problems. She's kicking everybody's butt. So the U.S. Tennis Association basically just shot themselves in the foot by saying, hey, look, you need to be skinnier or we're not going to, you know, and they actually put a stipulation on her, like, until she got to a certain point, they weren't going to sponsor her.
3: And that's a scary thing to me, too. Like, how do you... You need to be X weight. Like, what, Why does that X weight mean you're healthy? Well they do that in the NBA, NFL and NBA anything. as
4: well. They do yeah. it in the NFL and NBA weight wise. With certain it's, players, you've seen it, yeah. Because these guys, well, my guess, guess is it might games, have
3: uh, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, sure. And
8: it's probably more of you know, a body fat percentage for them, because muscle's always going to weigh more than fat. And so when you're talking about like, oh, in you're Baker. too heavy, kids are thinking, oh my god, I have to starve myself rather than I need to lean up. If you're talking about you know, body fat percentage instead of
3: uh, weight necessarily. Well, and Katie, your teammate who just ate McDonald's and pizza all the time, she may have been skinny, but she wasn't healthy. No,
8: but she was also hitting 500 in the middle, so nobody complained too much.
3: (laughs) Uh I,
4: I hate her for you then. (laughs) (laughs)
8: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you have one of those on every team.
4: <laughs> of course. All right, so we agree USTA is a bunch of idiots for doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to Taylor Townsend for showing them they're a bunch of idiots. Uh, but it's, a, it's an interesting and divisive issue, certainly more with women than with men, but it happens both. Oh, I think society pushes it more on women than it does men
8: well it's happened a lot like if you look, especially in tennis like there was a woman who won was it wimbledon or the french open and all people could talk about was she wasn't very pretty
4: maresmo and i was like <laughs>
8: oh
1: man <laughs> i mean that's <laughs> that even, the first thing I, is like
8: <laughs> well i'm not really like i'm not super feminist or anything but i get annoyed when the first thing written about any female is what she was wearing or what she looks like not like what her role was or what she was doing yeah i mean it's I mean, if you look, and this is going to sound like super, hey, look, I checked my Twitter a couple of times, um, but like the yes all women hashtag was going on after the thing that happened at UC Santa Barbara, like, it's a reality for females that the first thing you're judged on is what you look like, not what you're capable of doing. The first thing that comes to mind is, oh, well, is she pretty or is she not pretty? Or, you know, when they're talking about cases of rape, what was she wearing? Like, why is that even a question?
4: No, that should I, I agree nice. with you. It shouldn't be a question there, but I agree with you that women get judged that way. For sure. On, mm-hmm. on a more frequent basis than men. Look, there Like, are... when you're
8: talking about, like, even when they're walking out on a red carpet at an event as a celebrity, what's the first thing is, oh, what's her dress, and what does she look like? Is she pretty? What's her hair doing? Not like, have... why is she there, oh, and she, what is she nominated t-
4: for? They have TV shows dedicated to that. Hold on, though. I, I have a thing here that bothers me. You guys have so many more options when it comes to that event. So many more options i got to say, gotta wear a penguin suit. That's they, all I can wear. Yeah, but say, quote, why
8: isn't the first thing you're talking about, she's nominated for five Academy Awards tonight? No, it's, it's what dress is she wearing, and does she look skinny, and how's her hair, and what is she carrying, rather than
3: any kind of substance. And it's there, really annoying. There are female AVP athletes that they are obviously out there in their bikinis, so there's yeah. a lot showing that people mm-hmm. will dissect the way they look differently than how the guys look. They're like, oh, she's, you know, gained some weight in the off-season or whatever. It's like, bro, she's
4: still, she's super healthy and siding yeah. out. But She had a I, kid, I
8: and I she's still winning.
4: Yeah, there's a wider variety of female body types that can be successful compared to that of men, I believe. In our yeah. sport, for sure. If you look at our in sport. Volleyball. Yeah, I'm not talking about height. I'm talking about body composition. Okay. The Adrian Carambulas of the world are very By the way, unusual. Adrian, speaking of Adrian. Does he look better? He at least
3: twenty twenty five pounds lighter. Good. Slim down. Good for him. Looks Did good. he take
4: his shirt off at the
3: event? No, his shirt stayed on the entire time. I was wondering <laughs> if he's like maybe he's working on that like six ab. He's like, oh, uh, I'm not there yet, so I'm gonna keep my tank top.
4: Congratulations. On. To him. Good for him. Yeah. Uh yeah. And again, I think it gets back to, Katie, the way women's bodies look as they mature and get older. You guys are under a whole host of different chemical influences, meaning hormones and the way your body functions compared to men. We don't well, deal with, with the same thing.
8: No. And if, honestly, and this is you know, physiologically, we're at our peak in terms of ability and athleticism somewhere in the 17 to 21-year-old range. Like right. that's when we're at it they're you know in general at our best now we don't train in that way we're trained to have our bodies go until we're 30 something especially for a high level athlete well that's putting a ton of stress on there and that's when your body is saying oh you should be having kids so you're packing on weight and the, the way your body changes and it's like it's why it gets harder for us much much harder for us as we get older to stay in the shape that we need to be in or you know everybody's complaining like "Oh, i don't fit in those jeans anymore like your body completely changes
4: Certainly certainly a wider issue for discussion And when you talk about actresses over 40 and the lack of work that they got for many, many years and uh-huh. uh, something worthy of a longer discussion. If you want to talk about it on our Facebook page, please chime in or the at gmail.com. Go ahead and let us know your thoughts on this discussion about Taylor Townsend and the broader discussion of weight and female body types, female looks, how they are judged and treated. Uh, Good to have Katie in on this discussion, Katie. I want you here for this next one before we hopefully have Furbringer catching up. Oh God, please tell me
3: we're not going to hit the TMZ right after we just talked about how. Yeah, we (laughs) just perfect perfect segue, Katie. I don't know what you're talking about.
4: Destiny Hooker had a bunch of drama on Facebook a while back, a few weeks ago, and it got picked up by Volleywood. Mm -hmm. And. This was Destiny, Destiny's father posting things about Destiny being in a, an abusive relationship. and In then, February, I think it was posted. Okay, February. And then her, her sister posting stuff, and then Destiny responding to it, and then her father again. And it was, it was all out in public, which was quite interesting. And, I, and without getting into the weeds of Destiny's particular situation that I don't know anything about other than mm-hmm. to have confirmed with Destiny that this was actually her and actually her father. It is totally legitimately the, the people we are talking about.
3: Didn't mm-hmm. confirm what they were talking about, confirmed that they were actually the ones posting.
4: Correct. Yeah. Correct. I, I can't get into the weeds on whether she is in an abusive relationship, isn't, or what, because there's a lot of factors at work. And I think a couple of the topics there are the role of parents in pro-athletes' lives, because Ricky was her agent. I assume, mm-hmm. given what's going on now, he We're is not, bad. I would guess, correct? Okay. I would guess mm-hmm. he is not, based on what's happening now, but I don't know. But he was, I know for sure, her agent. And also the airing of drama on Facebook for people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Kim and Kanye thing, I mean, go all the way back to Kim the real world. There's people
8: who think that things along the lines of reality television are reality and how you should conduct yourself, like things should be public. And that's you know, not a woman thing or a man thing. That's an idiots versus non-idiots kind of thing. You know, it's... There's drama there because she created the drama. And there's that's of a lot of celebrities. Oh, yeah. And she's, a, I mean, a pretty minor celebrity. But at the same time, you know, she's visible. And people know who she's she is. She's a celebrity is, in so... volleyball
1: world. hmm
8: Well, and she's uh... been in, like... Wasn't she, was she one of the ones that was in... Uh, didn't she do a sports illustrated thing? You know, things along those lines where she's been seen by the greater public and so she's, her following is fairly sizable. But if you look at like I mean you if you want not read volley talk or any of that other stuff, you know, they talk about her like Twitter feed and how she like argues with people, it's it's an attention seeking habit. Right. And that's you know, not unique to <laughs> to her. That's a unique to human beings in general. There's a lot of people who are very much attention seeking. I mean, you said it, Kim and Kanye. I mean, who gives well, a flip point about here- that wedding?
4: On the one hand, she's saying, I don't like drama, stay out of my business. On the other hand, she's posting her business on Facebook and Twitter. She's actually creating
8: the drama, so there's
4: that. So which is it that you want, becomes the question. Well, my
8: guess is actions generally speak louder than words.
4: And uh, and also, she's had professional issues. Had issues with her team in Italy. I don't know who's right in the situation. Had issues with her team in Puerto Rico this year. I don't know who's right in the situation. She's had problems couple of times overseas. I well, know my, internally to the national team there have been issues there.
8: She hasn't been uh, in the gym. She, I was just down there.
4: Yeah, she's not in the gym now. She's just Didn't she, she just have a baby recently? She did just have a baby. like four But she already ago. went back Correct. to playing
8: professionally, and now she's back, and she's still not in the gym with them.
4: Correct. Say, and she said, oh, my body's not ready. That yeah, was the yeah. only issue. That's what she told me, yep. is that my body was the issue because I had just had a baby. I was not in condition, so on and so forth. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know who's right in Either of those situations, only Destiny does, or the team does, or maybe nobody does. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's, I guess it's good enough, good for volleyball that we do have some attention like that happening to the sport. Is that good or bad? I'd say any press is good press for this sport, just to hear something, because it doesn't seem to hurt the NFL, the NBA. You don't see basketball wives hurting the NBA's popularity at all, do you? You don't see divas hurting the popularity of the WWE. Okay, and last time I checked, real wives, housewives of wherever, Orange County and beyond, are all uh, quasi-celebrities and getting paid to do this kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad for the sport. Again, thenetlive at gmail.com or facebook.com slash thenetlive. Tell us what you think about that. You can go check it out, the Destiny Hooker drama. I believe it's still posted over there at Bollywood. Go give it a look for yourself and uh, evaluate kind of the larger issues. I don't really care what happened with Destiny Hooker's personal life. It's not my business. No, what you care
3: about is that you just hope that
4: she's okay. If she's in an abusive relationship, get out. Correct. Because that's stupid for a woman that has so much other possible or so many other possible avenues. That's about the dumbest thing I, I could think of to be beholden to someone when you are such a powerful force yourself. That's just dumb. But again, I'm not there. Nope. I don't know. Well, that's I just say I don't that's know. public
3: persona
8: versus her ability to walk away from something. I mean, uh, you
4: can seem point.
3: strong. Good point. That's a great point. Yep. For, again, don't know behind the scenes stuff. have no idea. You don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. from
8: people that have been around here and people that have trained with her in the gym, like her actions definitely speak louder than her words. Like, Oh, I don't want drama, but she, anybody who's been with her in the gym at USA says she's the most drama filled person that's there. And yeah. And so, and that's what people around, you know, it, it comes down to like, isn't it attention seeking behavior? Or is there something really going on?
4: Huh. Who knows? And Bob,
8: and I'm generally, hungry. the attention-seeking I'll go into my psych, the one class of psychology, the attention-seeking behavior is screaming for something's not right. Hmm.
4: All right, thanks, Katie. You're we got, welcome, uh, Katie. We'll bring her to you in about six months. months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this,
8: you'll this see. Friday. Well, I'll probably see you on Friday night, Jeremy. But yeah, um, get your tickets. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But I'm off so until be- August something, so I'll see you guys. On the other side.
4: All right. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for checking
0: in. Right,
8: talk to you later.
4: <laughs> Bye. All right, hey, uh, waiting list for the volleyball queue now up to 450. Or the waiting list is 50. Sorry. The attendance is 400. That That's was awesome. the original attendance. The waiting list has now eclipsed 50. Uh, so You're going to get 51 in a second. Typical email, volleyball though. people. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to go buy your tickets last moment. Becker? I hope, I hope there are a bunch of people that show up at Long Beach and can get, get screwed in. out of tickets. They can't get in because it's sold out. I love it. I hope you go home sad, and I hope next time you plan.
3: I don't hope you go home sad. And buy sad. your
4: tickets. <laughs>
3: I wish them no ill will.
4: I just want people to learn lessons. Don't buy your tickets. All right. We have our next guest. He's just out of practice. The Grand Marshal, by the way. The Grand Marshal. That's right. Will he have a baton and a tall hat? He better. He better have white pants with like stripes and buttons down the side. And, like, and a vest. Oh, man. I want to see this outfit on this man. It's going to have to be a big outfit. Maybe 6'8 Clothing Company makes ambassador outfits or what, what are we talking about? Grand Marshall. Grand Marshall outfits. Maybe they should start now. And maybe it should be in gold and white. Something glorious for the reigning Manhattan Beach Open champion. The last name put on the pier And now he's doing his thing indoors once again, rising as part of the new age of coaches that have taken over the gym at the ASC on the men's side of the game. They're back from Bulgaria. They had a week off. They're going to have to reconstitute themselves because they lost a veteran who did a lot. But the future looking bright for the young talent in the coaching staff as well as on the floor. Welcome back to the Net Live, a man who's been with us several times, Matt Furbringer. Furbringer.
7: Heck of an intro.
4: Hey, boys. How are we doing? <laughs> Thanks for being here, man. Uh, you guys just completed practice. I know the drive is towards Russia here. We'll get to the current yeah. team. I want to talk about the guys, but what do you do as a coaching staff when your best, most experienced gold medalist, perhaps leader in the gym, Reed Pretty, goes down in the second match, first weekend of World League? What goes through the mind? What does the meeting look like after that match in Varna?
7: Well... First of all, I'll probably show up for that uh, for the for the volley queue and the fletch gear in my afro and other stuff because
0: I <laughs> just seems like
7: the, the right thing to wear. Um, and with Reed, you know, when it happened, we were, we initially thought it wasn't too serious. We knew he wouldn't be playing this week against Russia, but we didn't know it was um, you know as serious as it is. So, but the initial talk was just you know next man up and. Started talking about who you know who we think is filling that position and what lineups we want to do and you know I mean not much time here to to um, to ha- have a pity party for us because Reed was real like you said Reed was playing unbelievable and we watched the tape of those two matches and Reed was making so many plays um, right. you know we didn't have him all last year at World League due to rest and this year he stayed home we trained with him and we were so excited to have him in the gym and playing and you know so to lose we were like oh. You know, it was, a, it was a big hit, but, you know, we have a lot of good young kids in the gym and we have, you know, experienced guys like Rooney and Paul Lottman who are already filling that role. So, you know, we get to see what these guys can do. And maybe in the long run, when Reed comes back healthy, all these other guys will have a little more core time and it will be a, be a good thing for us.
4: So I heard two experienced names there, Sean Rooney and Paul Lottman mentioned. How about younger names yep. that might be able to fill some of that void?
7: Yeah, well, it's uh, Tony Ciarelli and Garrett Magatita are the two other guys on the list um, that are actually on the, you have to be on the World League roster. Um, to, and those are the young guys on the World League roster. Jeff Menzel, another guy on the World League roster. Um, but we do have some, you know, young college guys right now in the gym that are doing a nice job for us who are not on the World League roster, like Aaron Russell and Thomas Jeske, Taylor Crabb. So those are all guys that eventually sometime could take the spot. But as of now, it's going to be, You know, probably Rooney, Lopman, Sorelli, Menzel, or or Garrett.
4: Yeah, I mean, you guys obviously looking beyond just the World League roster with readout for basically a year, so maybe we'll see some of these young
0: guys. I've heard
4: Aaron Russell's name mentioned several times. Uh, It's a kid that maybe a lot of people don't know much about. Tell us about Aaron Russell and his game.
7: Yeah, Aaron Russell's a junior, or he's a senior to be, at uh, Penn State. He um, actually played his first year in college as a middle um, second year outside, and just made a huge jump from his sophomore year to his junior year um outside hidden spot. He's just really smooth athlete um he's about six eight, but just moves really well jumps well um his platform and his mechanics passing are really good a lot of potential i mean he's still young, so you know his passing maybe isn't up to the level of some of our you know uh veterans, but uh he looks great out there he looks like he belongs like the you know the old eye test. When he's moving out there, we took him to Colorado for the World Championship qualifier, and he played great. Um, you know, but he—he's an athlete that's going to have to get stronger, um, be able to hit the ball a little harder, and just be able to, you know, play at a high level for longer periods of time.
4: Does a kid like Taylor Crab, at six feet tall, can he be dynamic enough in the international game? He definitely conquered the college game.
7: Right. I mean, I guess would say no. You know, right? I mean, you—you you watch that, and he goes, "No way." But, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll have a good feel. He got a good contract going to France this year. Um, you know, I'll go over there and watch him. We'll get a video of it. And we'll get a good feel of how he matches up, um, you know, um, internationally. So it's, it's crazy. I mean, he's just a kid I'd never, I would never I would never count out until until we see it. And I think, you know, he's going to have to pass the ball at a really high level and kill the ball at a high level because his block is going to be the area where he's going to have you know, probably be the most exposed. Right.
4: Uh, how about forcing Matt Anderson back to opposite This is one of the questions me, Back to outside hitter This is one of the questions I have coming out of weekend number one And also last year Where when it comes to an important match You guys move your best outside hitter Into the opposite spot Are you guys sure. comfortable with him at the opposite Or is it just a lack of depth at the outside hitter That's keeping him in the opposite spot Or pardon me, lack of depth at the opposite position That's keeping him in that, that spot
7: I mean I, I know we are comfortable with Matt anywhere on the court. He is just so dynamic, um, so good at what he does. Um, and the hard part of putting him in opposite is, is he's not, you know, he's worked so hard at passing, he's become an elite passer. But that's the best part about it because now we have the ability to go four-man. And if not, with Clay Stanley, four-man, where Clay, you know, one of the best opposites of all time, if not, But he's not a passer. He doesn't want to pass. So then you're putting four guys in there but you're really kind of covering for him. When you put Maddie in there, it's four legit passes in there. Um, also, with Taylor Sander being a, you know, being a young outside hitter, if he starts struggling passing at all, you can just take him out and, and, and put Maddie in there in every rotation but rotation two. So it really adds to our versatility. Um, putting Matt on the right you know, puts a big-time threat over there, so it opens up you know, our middles because you know, both pin hitters are a big threat. So, you know, it's a, it's a real possibility that, that we could go that route. But there's also a possibility that this weekend Matt plays outside with Taylor Sander and, and we have, a, an, you know, one of our younger opposites in there.
4: Who's in that conversation for opposite?
7: Uh, Carson and Murphy Troy. I think right now it's, it's uh, more likely um, Carson. So he's had he's had a, he's had a couple really good weeks of practice, and, and Carson's proven he's had some big League matches last year. He's proven that he can he can do it at the at the highest level. So um, you know I think we lose a little ball control um, in that, but we gained that Carson's serving really well and and he's attacking really well. So you know there's plus and minuses to, to both.
4: What does Jeff Menzel have to do to get on the floor?
7: he He's be more consistent. You know I mean Jeff's actually passing the ball a lot better. He's doing everything better than he was last year. Um, but you just need to be, just do it more often and, and not worry about his mistakes and, and um, just be able to, to be, you know, you know how it is to be that international great player. you got to be able to do it every single day. And that's what he's working for. Jeff's been great in our gym. He's, he's one of the first guys in here. He's one of the last guys to leave. And um, we're real happy with Jeff's progress. It's just, you know, it doesn't happen overnight.
4: Is it official with the coaching staff that the young guys have taken over? I noticed that the adjunct coaches or the summer coaches who've been brought in no longer have names like Dunphy and so on from an age ago. You bring in Sealy and you bring in Sullivan. This seems like a new age for the national team. Uh, I don't
7: know. I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's as a coaching staff, you know, John being the head coach, there's a lot of pressure being the head coach of the national team and, um, he's bringing in guys that he's close with and to, to work with it. And, you know, you know, he won national championships with Sully and Sealy, And so he's comfortable with them. Um, I know we got, we got Rush Rozo coming on a trip. We got Ron Larson in the gym right now. So when we're gone, Ron Larson's our full-time coach training our young guys. So, you know, you know, Doug is basically, you know, talking to us all the time about stuff. So I feel like we get a lot of, a lot of the veteran coaches involved, um, you know, this week we have at Long Beach State, we have Jared Elliott coming down to give his opinion. We have Tom Hoff coming up um, and Tyler Hillebrand. So it's a little mixer, you know, some younger coaches there as well. So
4: What do some of these know. coaches that spend most of their lives in the women's game bring to their view of the men's game, do you think?
7: Yeah, that's why we bring them in, just to get something totally different. Um you know, they they see the game. We you know we like bringing the guys in. that might see something that we that we wouldn't see. It's it's even nice when Hugh comes back because Hugh's been working with the girls now for a while, and, and to see what he sees differently. Um, so Hugh will come to the gym with us for a week this year in August and work with the guys. Um, but I don't know. I've not I've been caught one thing that girls say more than than what the guy you know than what guy coaches say. But there's also just a limited amount of of people coaching guys volleyball because there's just not a lot of a you know jobs out there for him so um yeah i haven't seen a big difference yet but it's, it's just they're just great coaches who, who we want to hear what they have to say
4: we're talking to assistant coach matt furbringer down at the usa men's national team and matt this winter had to be interesting with john occupied with ucla what were your primary activities you and mike wall down there getting ready for this season what were the things you were making sure you went through while the team wasn't there training full time
7: yeah, so it was Mike Wall and Anton Willard, who's our technical coordinator, and myself. And um, you know, we 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 spent a lot of time writing down everything we were doing, putting together action plans for uh, just so in years future we kind of know exactly what we were doing. Um, we went overseas. We improved our technology stuff that we have in the gym. Uh, we wrote a system book on how we want to play the game. We wrote a fundamentals book, and this is all John Tell means with him while he had time. We wrote a uh, fundamentals book on, you know, techniques and stuff that we want. Uh, you know, we organ- we were able to organize a lot of scrimmages with our ran and organize our summer schedule a little bit better than, you know, we were last year when he got the job last second and um, started already talking about Rio and the qualifiers and how the tournaments stack up, and I spent... A- I personally spent a lot of time watching college players and talking to them, watching matches with our guys overseas and giving them feedback. Um, so, you know, we were busy. Yeah, but it was, um, you know, John does such a great job of just checking in with us, making sure we have what we need. And then when we need him, like, hey, this is a big decision. You need to be involved. John, you know, comes down and we go meet him at UCLA and, and hammer some stuff out.
4: Does this give you a little different view than you had as a player when you were thinking about what these coaches did during the wintertime when you were overseas slugging it out?
7: <laughs> yeah, I know you're thinking they're not doing anything. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, it, you know, you know, we have to be in it sometimes to really appreciate um, what they do. Just like to, I did that uh, color commentary this weekend and, uh, you know, did three matches in in, in one day, and got a respect for all the, the, the you know, the groundwork that goes into getting that stuff done. So, you know, it's like anything. You just you learn a lot when you do it. And I really feel like coaching, and I feel like it helped my game. Um, coaching the end of my career, running my volleyball club. I just think it's a, it's so great getting to talk to so many people that care so much about the game and think about the game so much, and and gets you involved. And um, so, you know, you just. It's, just, it's a good thing for players to do as well. They're kind of, If they want to make their game better, get involved in coaching, talk to the coaches, and I think you can, you can improve your game a lot that way.
4: Yeah, you did do TV with Geeter. I'm glad you brought that up. You guys did uh, Time Warner Cable. I, were you online or on TV? I was looking for the match on TV. Yeah, we were,
7: just... we, no, we, were, we were on Time Warner Cable 101, um, okay. which is just our local channel. Um, they were all live. And we propped up the net live with a picture that uh, Sparrow sent out to everyone, you know, wanted to get you guys in there. And uh, yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, having Dieter lobby softballs, and it was always fun.
4: Right on. Now, did Huntington Beach win? Did you guys do a Huntington Beach match?
7: We did, yeah. Huntington Beach uh, finished undefeated. So they've won 64 in a row. the record oh. is, 60, is 68 by Laguna Beach in, like, the early 80s. So they are uh, – five wins away from breaking that record right now.
0: Yeah,
4: they have a, a couple of really good young players there. Brendan Sander, of course, headed to BYU next year. And then it's it's the kid past him, the junior, that's uh, looking like maybe even the real deal. His name is escaping yeah. me right now, but you'll know.
7: DeFa- yeah, they have T.J. Falco, the Pop- and they have a guy, Josh. Yeah, and they have a guy, uh, Josh Janiga, who's their setter, who are both juniors. And they both committed to Long Beach State already, and they're, they're yeah, they're fun to watch. It was uh, it was the stuff they're doing in high school now is a little different from when I played, so it's, it's a pretty impressive.
4: It's not a bunch of ex basketball players just hanging around playing volleyball, no. and
7: stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's exactly what mine was. Mine was, I got the basketball team to come join the volleyball team just to kind of stay in shape. That's, and, and so we had a bunch of like tall dudes and then a couple tiny small guys, and we were terrible.
4: All right, Matt, before we let you go, give us, uh, give our fans a little preview of what they can expect from USA Russia coming up this weekend.
7: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, I, I just don't feel like in this country we get enough or the fans get, get to see international volleyball at this level. And it's, it's, um, you know, the game is, is so fast and so powerful. And, uh, but you know, it's played at a really high level and, uh, far as all the skill and so it's great to come out and uh and to see that that so we're not sure what team russia is bringing um who all is coming but you know russia's defending gold medalists and uh they're going to throw everything at you and make our life tough so we'll be we'll be grinding away watching film all week we've been watching film on them for about six months already trying to learn from the russians since they're the gold medalist, and um and it's gonna, it's gonna be fun to see
4: Here's what you have to do. You have to become seven foot tall and be able to move along the net, stuff balls, and maybe play opposite or middle. I mean, that'll pretty much yeah. make yeah. you the best yeah. team in the world.
7: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's funny, Barney, it's, it's funny, and, 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 and Jeremy, you'll appreciate this. And my first time, like last year, I've seen Mazursky, who's the great seven foot one or seven foot two middle blocker from Russia who seems to do everything well. The first time I saw him play, what he is in the game right now, is like what, when Phil came to the beach. You know, it was just like no one had seen him before. I mean, there's going to be another Mazurski at some point. uh And just like, you know, newer fills are coming in from Brazil and different areas. It's just, he's just doing things that you've just never seen. The, the ability to, I mean, I think right now, if an NBA team came and saw Mazurski, he's big, he's buff, he moves. I mean, I, I feel like they would draft him. He'd never played basketball in his life. He's that athletic. So, oh. um, yeah, it's, it's, No, I really hope Mazurski comes so everyone can watch him play, because it's it's really cool. He does some bigger watching. And then you watch film, and you're like, dude, he just covered that ball, and then he got off, and he transitioned and moved and digged the ball after he he serves, and so it's really really, um, really cool to watch him play.
4: Yeah, they're not afraid to put him in the middle back, and if you saw the guy, just a silhouette, had no idea how tall he was, you'd swear it was a normal, proportioned human being. Even at that Absolutely. time, you know oh, just you him how guys himself. get big? They always have, like, long legs yeah. or super long arms or a short body or big head. or something. He looks like yeah. a normal human if you don't have perspective of how large he is. And yep. the way Absolutely. he moves is, is amazing. He moves like a much smaller player, like a 6'6 Interesting. type player. All yeah. right, uh, Herbs, what time are you getting down there? When can people expect to interact with you in your Fletch costume <laughs> at the <Devolve> ball? <laughs>
7: You know that's a great question I, I I'm still getting filled on the details I thought I was coming in around two p m um on Saturday, so enough time so we i can i know him doesn't interfere with our with our game plan but um you know I'll probably post some stuff on Facebook this week and i'm sure I'm sure that uh all the guys in charge are going to be posting stuff so keep an eye out for it uh, maybe maybe we' we'll, we'll send it on to the net live facebook page as well so everyone, everyone can tune into that and um, we'll get them going.
4: Perfect. Right on. Matt Ferbringer, thanks for spending some time with us. We'll see you this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Thanks, guys.
7: All right, man. See you, talking to you. Bye.
4: All right, U.S. men's national team in action against Russia this weekend, Friday, Saturday night, Long Beach Pyramid. Be there or suck.
5: You're not going to be square.
4: You just suck. Or be outside the pyramid because you don't have tickets. That's right, suckers. Because it's going to be sold out. It's going to be amazing. Hey, thanks for being here on the show. I want to make sure we, we say a big thanks to the folks who contributed to our program today, Jay Hossick for calling in, Steve Bishop, both talking about PVL, Reed Pretty, and good luck to Reed. We will certainly hear from him on this show throughout his rehab process. Thanks to Katie for calling in, talking about a couple of uh, very important issues and stuff that we would like to hear your opinion on. Thank you to 6-8 Clothing Company for their support of the program. Remember, 6-8 Clothing Company is designed by a tall man for a tall man. They make jeans that fit. Anybody can make things longer or a little bit wider in the case of shirts. 6-8 is going to have you covered with stuff that actually fits. The zippers are bigger. The pockets are bigger. Everything is what you need as a tall man. It's just a few things that make 6-8 a little bit different. Dress well, live tall, 6-8clothingcompany.com, available at 68clothingcompany.com or Amazon and use the number 8 in there. Thanks to Matt Ferbringer for spending some time with us as well, calling in. And thanks to you, listener, for being here on The Net Live. Thanks, Jeremy. Get some rest, dude. Yeah, buddy. We'll see you this weekend. Yep. All right, The Net Live. Catch us this week. Go to the VolbyQ people. Get on that waiting list. It's already 50 plus deep. But maybe they'll capture some tickets and you can hang with the Golden God and then enjoy some of the best that international men's volleyball has to offer. We'll see you again next week after Russia.